Welcome to Who's Next with Goldberg, the podcast that no one listens to. Coming up later on today, something from NASCAR you never heard of. There will be no discussion of wrestling on this program. Caller 1, you're on the air. Uh, yeah, uh, how come your match at WrestleMania 20 was so shit? Because many of us feel that it was shit. Ah! Caller 2, you're on the air. Yeah! Caller 3, you're on the air. On the air with Goldberg. Are you a proud member of the Glegay community? Do you wish to support the Attitude Era podcast and help them keep paying the gimmicks they send in the mail called bills? Then make sure you grab the official AE Podcast t-shirt today, featuring their beautiful logo, various catchphrases, and a level of quality befitting the Attitude Era. Wear this sassy number and you'll be sexual marmite to all your friends. This shirt is available for £16 or $20. And this includes postage to mainland America and the UK. So what are you waiting for? Style up now and get yourself a bona fide fashion item. Perfect for wrestling shows, weddings, or just for around the house like. Ah, fuck it! Welcome to the Attitude Era podcast, episode number 25, and it's Backlash 2000. Hello everyone once again, I'm Kevin Mann, joined as I am always in this review of the Attitude Era by my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. First of all, Adam Bibolo. Hello. Hi Adam. Hi. Are you ready for a Backlash? Yes, I am. This is again now, we're proper in the middle of the bit where I was watching as a kid. Like, I remember watching this pay-per-view as a child on Channel 4 and just fucking loving it. So I sadly do not have my Backlash moustache. Um, no, sadly not. No. You need the, the moustache shaped like the, the giant fucking <laughs> pincers that they have swinging onto <laughs> the ramp. Jeff already had that uh, for, for a little bit, yeah, if you like recall. a fucking idiot as well. He, he did. <laughs> not like now, of course. <laughs> and to my left, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet... Bobo Keeble. Hello. Hi, Billy. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. Pretty good. Looking forward to talking about this. Taking Adam's line. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot to say about I have got a lot to say about this one. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff and things to say about this one. Have fun watching Backlash 2000. Looking forward to chatting with you. Um, it's a very interesting pay-per-view. Several reasons. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not me saying it's bad. Okay. It, was, it, was, it was a pretty solid uh, pay-per-view. Not without fault. But we'll uh, cover that as we go into it. Of course. Yeah, definitely. Have we got a magazine cover before we get we into sure it? We sure as hell do. I'm going to say for a start off, it's again, the magazine covers are getting weaker and weaker now. It's, I think we've actually, we've missed the oh, best so point. Like, it's that funny to think that the Attitude Era, during the point where there was a creative peak, the magazine was suffering. Seriously. <laughs> uh, well, it's just, it just says, the mouth that roars in big couple letters. And it's just, Jimmy Hart, is it? It's just Chris Jericho going like, Meow. Holy shit, look at the face on him. <laughs> Screaming. That <laughs> appears on the, on the pay-per-view tonight. Yeah, I Does thought, it? I thought, first time I saw it on, on the actual pay-per-view, I thought it was Edge. <laughs> Vince, Vince <laughs> because, McMahon. Because Jericho's got a beard now. Of course. So I just yeah. thought it was, it was a 
bit, you know, that doesn't, doesn't fit together. He so. looks proper upset, but no, Vince McMahon uses that as a prop. Of course, yeah, yeah, you're right. So actually. this is the first time the magazine has made its uh, probably the last debut well. on yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Like with covers like that, we won't be seeing any more of it on pay per view. I don't think. Sadly not. Well, as we all let know, gathered from wrestling 2000, it didn't exactly go according to plan. And like back last year with Backlash 1999, where they thought that was a terrible idea, let's redo a Backlash 1999. It's Backlash 2000. I've already proved to the world that The Rock is not in my league. The Rock is not the World Wrestling Federation champion. I am proud that you are the World Wrestling Federation champion. The Rock wants his WWF title shot. It's going to be Triple H with Vince in his corner and The Rock with Austin 360. Can you truly trust Stone Cold Steve Austin? My son Shane uh, will be the special guest referee. I'm going to be on the side. I've always been on, and that's mine. So the only thing I've ever been good at is turning Oh my god, dramatic opener. Seriously. Yeah, really good. So dramatic. Okay, since WrestleMania, it's kind of... It doesn't make a lot of sense, I will say off the bat. Because Vince McMahon is now with Stephanie and Triple H. Yep. Who, if we recall from not very long ago... Hate is good. Yeah. Yeah. So, why are they all mates again? Because Attitude Era. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it was weird because it was like, yeah, Vince turned on The Rock. Yeah. And you were expecting very much a definitive answer to that. There were a few segments where The Rock was like, you know, damn it, why did you turn on me? Yeah. He never really answered the question. For fuck's sake. Just vague stuff. I'm like. sick of this. He was like, you know, you should be more thankful for being at People's Champion. Like, well, why did you join up? He doesn't he, mean anything. He explained why he turned on The Rock, kinda. He was acting like The Rock was ungrateful to him. We never explained why he became best buds with his, the man he was trying to kill him and... Well, it's one or the other, isn't it? Like, you can't be friends with one and, uh... Sorry, you have to be friends with at least one of these guys, so... Yeah. But I suppose it's good to know that at least Stephanie is as good as her father at forgetting things that happened, like, you know, <laughs> like a few months previously. But yes, the regime has been running wild. Now that it's, you know, it's DX and Stephanie and Triple H, but also Shane and Vince. Yes. All to McMahon. All of them together. Austin has now been added into the tonight's main event by Linda. Essentially, because The Rock has had such, you know, Mick Foley is gone, Big Show has decided to go Hollywood. More on that later. But um, we've got The Rock basically fighting this uphill struggle on a weekly basis, and there's no one there to help him out. So, because Vince is in Triple H's corner tonight, Linda decided she'd only go and add uh, Steve Austin. And as a young boy, I was very excited about this. Extremely <laughs> excited. Because they were. Now, this is not us getting all nostalgic and hyped up. But they were essentially saying, Stone Cold is going to come back tonight and it's going to be the best night of your life. Yeah, and it's basically like, uh, Batman is going to take on the big villain and he's going to have Superman in his corner as well. It was a big team up of the Rock and, and Superman Austin. will be 100% <laughs> and assumedly back on comics a week or two afterwards. <laughs> like, um, they get, they're playing with the tension between the Rock and Austin in this promo package. Um, you got very fucking uh, intense with its dramatic music and all that. Operatic music, mm. yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was a little bit shit, to be the honest. Alton yeah. Towers, I thought. It was <laughs> <laughs> it's very much a soap opera. Yeah, it's very low grade, I thought. Mm. It wasn't really interesting, the package. You're saying because there's no Blassie, like. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're not going to have Blassie, I mean. 
Also, Shane McMahon is the referee tonight. So Yeah, uh, we all know that Shane makes a great ref. So even though the... It's actually worse than 1999 in terms of the story making sense. Yeah. It's it's fierce. It's jazz at this stage, lads. Like, we've gone off the written page. But I think we've noticed at this point the wrestling is so good that yes. you can sort of forgive the shitty storylines a little bit. Uh, and also, I mean, well, like, the storylines are still enjoyable during the, these episodes of Raw and stuff like that. It's just that they don't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. And yeah. people always point you Vince Russo as a man who had nonsensical turns and whatnot. Vince McMahon joining up with, with his daughter and son in law. That's pretty nuts. That's pretty fucking nuts. Hook pay-per-view. <laughs> Fuck's sake. This backlash has got all the hooks coming now, at you. Now, I couldn't quite see, but the hooks are moving throughout the pay-per-view. Yes. Are they on... Is that electronic movement? Or have they literally got people <laughs> standing behind them, pushing them? I like to think <laughs> so that they've put... Uh, so? Vistra and Mark Henry are not booked tonight. So, so they're just working the stage. They're the weights. The two weightiest men. <laughs> the two weightiest men on the, are like going up and down like in a grandfather clock, <laughs> I expected. This was uh, No Mercy, my f- and the N64 was my favourite set. This is one of my favourite sets of all time. No, it is really, really You like cool. it, do you? So yeah, I really awesome. liked it. Yeah. Love the Basic, blue. but, you know, yeah. it's really, really cool. I love the blue lighting and the silver, and yeah, it fucking yeah, it, looks yeah, awesome. Yeah, it felt really futuristic, and like, I don't know, it fits the name Backlash as well, having all these yeah. big swinging sharp objects and stuff. Yeah, and they continued this motif for, for some time, even though the motif was giant swinging blades. I, I hope somebody gets their backlashed. Hey, ah. this guy. Sadly, no country whipper matches on tonight. But we do have six titles on the line. Holy yeah. fuck. So we get the music at the top of the hour, an unfamiliar one. I think we're about to uh, start fixing to make some fun of some women or some not. It's not. It's only It's only Deborah. Yep. Ain't Jeff yeah. Jarrett. No, JJ is not here. Yeah. <laughs> J- <laughs> J- Jonah Jarrett. <laughs> did, you, did you hear um, Jerry's immediate reaction to seeing well, Deborah? I'm going to, from memory, I'm going to go, <laughs> It was... Yeah! It's like Mario. <laughs> Triple jump, Jerry. <laughs> ah! <yeah>! We also <laughs> get um, five signs that really made me laugh. Oh. Uh, Steph equals slut. Jesus! Say Jericho is yummy. That's going to be Jericho equals slut as well. <laughs> Everyone is slut. Triple asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. I'd rather see Undertaker. And uh, oh, okay. my favourite one, Benoit is a snaggletooth. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but people were making fun of Benoit at the time for his teeth because he's like he a gap tooth and yeah. toothless aggression and all that jazz. Oh. So. Snaggletooth. That's mean. I assume <laughs> that they mean the cuddly monster and not the rare Star Wars action figure. <laughs> Call, if you if you if you know, tweet us in. <laughs> so yeah, Deborah's come out here to do a bit of ring announcing, and despite the fact that it's backlash, I think Deborah thinks it's fully loaded because. Uh, um, She's not trying today, no. is she? Well, I say fully loaded because, like, I mean. Word on the street, not say one way or the other, but the dirt sheet speculation at the time was that she was, in fact, fully loaded and that she had a bit of a smell of gin off her at the start of this one. Oh, she was uh, drunk. Well, if you're doing... I thought you were about to insinuate she was pregnant. That's no. Fully loaded. Thought, Kevin, that's a gross thing. <laughs> <you went there. laughs> no, like, I'm talking about like a classical sense of, like, look at him, he's loaded up. like yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or lit up. She's Jeez. lit up here. So she, okay, that explains Apparently, that then. Well, if you're doing 30 seconds of ring announcing and you manage to slur your words. Well, like, yeah, yeah, she does, because as soon as... Um, 
Tori comes out. We get the magnificent Tori. <laughs> it's like she's had a stroke. It's it's Jesus. <laughs> no, she, seriously, Schweppslash is what it is here yeah. tonight. <laughs> if fucking Deborah, if someone lit a match near her, the ring would explode into an inferno match. Like it's it's a bit random, isn't it? She's been Deborah. gone for ages. Yeah. I, I literally I was really confused by this the fact that she's just suddenly back uh, on the same night that Austin's back as well clearly she was so, you know she didn't know until late in the game that she was going there now, I, I don't know this is this is literally entirely my speculation but I did a little research I'm looking on Wikipedia Austin and Deborah got married like four months after this I yeah. think so presumably they were dating or engaged at this point and it's the same night Austin's making his return. And I don't know. Do you reckon he was like he landed? That's a deal, probably very maybe good. landed a deal for Deborah or something. As well, part Deborah of was or... still under contract. She just wasn't being used. That's the thing. Like this is a random role. It makes no sense mm. for it to be shoved in here. So I'm thinking maybe Austin He's... tried to get her a, a role. Or She's whatever. just at home drinking by herself. He just come on, get your coat. We're going out. <laughs> Stone Cold gets two checks this way. <laughs> Deborah, we gotta pay them gimmicks they keep sending in the mail. <laughs> My neck builds. <laughs> Wow! But no, she's ter- she's terrible. Really. Yeah, and she's reinventing the tag team championship match, which is the new champs Edge and Christian show more of that uh, heelish or, tendencies. Or, or, or as she announces, Edge and Christian. It's <laughs> just really quiet. No one gives a shit about domination. And they're uh, defending against DMC Generation X. Like, yeah. And how fitting it is that Road Dogg and Xbox attire is green. I mean, seriously. <laughs> high and dry over here. Yeah, like, I mean, come the on. Two of these guys. So Cherry makes notes about Tori, who's now wearing the new DX top. It's kind of the, the barcode on it. And Jerry says, I want to scan Tori. Ah. Ew. Yeah. Do you think Jerry beeps when he does what he does? Road Dog comes in and cuts his promo. But I'm going to take this opportunity to welcome the nation's capital to the dog house. You see, it's me, the D-O-double-G, XP to the A to the C, the Green Machine Tory. We're in Washington, D.C., and we're about to walk out of here with the G, the O, the L, and the D, y'all. That's a goal, J.R. I got a team goal. Now, on that note, I say two tears in a bucket. And if you ain't down with that, we got two words for you. There he's there, and uh, what I like most about it is that uh, when he goes, the G, the O, the L, the D, Jerry goes, that's gold, <laughs> Jerry is on rare form tonight. Uh, yeah, it's He made me laugh a lot. Yeah, Jerry's on top form tonight, and JR is actually quite off all he night. He was at he's WrestleMania as really well, right? Yeah. yeah, we'll get into this a bit Craggy later Craggy old JR, though. Yeah, and no, he just does not seem in the mood. Maybe a few too many 10-punch spots in there, it's a nice thing. Patterson is better than Deborah at announcing. Yeah, and that's saying yeah. something. Like, like Patterson coming out as a goof on how bad he is announcing is better <laughs> than Deborah. Does Debra. an actual better job than this. Oh my God. So yeah, Edge and Christian's got a bit of a new attitude developing since WrestleMania. It's obviously, it's not really evident here because they're facing a heel team. Yeah. But they have been starting with this whole, you know, Valley Kids dickhead routine. Right. The whole, you know, the, the doofus dude, where's my car? Yeah, yeah. Simpletons going <laughs> and high-fiving. It kind of comes across towards the start when uh, Edge lies down on the floor. Uh, yeah. like, like a cheeky little lion. Yeah. He got you, a little cheeky smile on him yeah. as well. Have you seen much of Goofy Edge and Christian Billy? Uh, I have on like clip shows and stuff. Yeah. General Warts. Like I've seen I've seen um, <laughs> them at 
Kurt Angle's birthday, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's I've seen that clip. Basically, Edge and Christian's new gimmick is they are two white men. Yeah. Like, the whitest of white. In the 90s. Even though it's no longer the 90s. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting about it is, at the time, I think you mentioned before, you really got infuriated by their heelish I, I antics. I at this point. Me, I, I thought they were such nerds. Like, yeah. Because I found those kinds of people really annoying, and they were yeah, exactly. shoved down your throat on TV all the time. The kind of the Hanson brothers kind of <laughs> vibe off them. But they were very smart. They were, like, aware that, you know, Foley did this as well. Like, nerds are watching wrestling now, yeah. for lack of a better term. It's like not your kind of meathead audience still. So they could do this kind of goofy humor and they were really endearing as a result of it. And yeah. God damn it, it's entertaining. So entertaining it, in hindsight. So we start things off. X-Pac and Edge. Fucking yes, please. Everyone hates X-Pac. I know yeah. we always talk about the heat, but this is the worst it's ever been, I think. This is yeah. so loud. Tonight. Yeah, X-Pac and like Road Dog are just pretty much hateable. Like. Yeah. And then start the match, Jim Ross is like, Amazing courage from X-Pac here. He suffered a family tragedy, but he's made it here tonight. Yeah. It was like, boo, X-Pac sucks. <laughs> What's that all about? Like, I that say, there was a, no, there's a death in the family, I think. So. Oh, jeez. It's kind of weird. He's like, yeah. Why would so, you make reference to that? Yeah. No, Jim Ross is just, talent relations would do that sometimes. I guess. It's kind of weird to kind of go, his mother died or whatever. And then he's like pointing at his dick. Like, Suck it. <laughs> I don't care, bro. I'm lit up. Uh. <laughs> there was an open bar at the funeral. <laughs> Make some noise. Enough drinking jokes. <laughs> The pace is amazing right off the bat. X-Pac and Edge, fucking hell, I, I love these two. Amazing, great sequences. X-Pac is so much better than Billy Gunn. And yeah. he makes Road Dog better as well. That's true. I was going to say, it was it was such a breath of fresh air having Road Dog do something. It wasn't just the old formula that we we ragged on a load. Yeah. So, uh, Christian, he, gets, he, so Christian gets worked over. Um, and then Edge makes a hot tag. So it's it was awesome. nice, 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 uh, nice to go back to the swap. But, but it was actually actually worked. But it did, and it's nice because it's like X Pac is clearly the person who is calling the match here because he would be the the veteran of the it's, team. Or whatever. It's weird to think that that Billy Gunn was the weak link in the new age. I don't, yeah. I think the problem with Billy Gunn is because he was so big. It was the default thing was well, we have to build to the hot tag to the big guy. You can't build to the hot tag really to X Pac, particularly if they're being heelish as well. Mm. So yeah, I, I've actually, you know, this is a team which I also hated a lot as a kid, but now I'm actually kind of going, hey, you know what, yeah, this well, Road Dog kid is, it ain't as bad as I thought he was, like. Yeah, when you look at it at first, it sort of feels like Road Dog and X-Pac, it's like, eh, maybe they'll do this for like one pay-per-view or something, because it doesn't really seem like an actual team. Mm. But when you look at the actual match itself, it makes so much more sense than having Road Dog and Billy Gunn again. Yeah. yeah. It's a much better team. Christian gets worked over for the most of this match. Fucking massive heat for the DX heel tactics. Like cutting them off when he tries to get a tag, you know, tagging behind the rest back. The crowd are awesome tonight. Yeah. But it's like they give them reason to be awesome. Bronco Buster by X Pac, which is a very scummy move now, considering that he's this woman hitting girlfriend stealing sleaze ball. It stops being the punky rebellious, yeah, and more of a, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gone from being like, hey, I'm going to go rub my dick in this guy's face, hey. It's more of like, a, I'm going to fucking rub my dick uh, in your face. Getting right up close to you. Shake, rattle, and roll, which is also now an odd move, given Road Dog's character. It's, yeah. it's like, he's mentioning it, he's like, shut up, everybody. Do, 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 fucking <laughs> dancing and all that, like. Edge does the diving headbutt to Jim Roscoe's with a Chris Benoit-like headbutt. Yeah. It's kind of like a, what, don't use his move, essentially. Yeah, you're calling him out for it, really. Mm. Double reverse DDT by Christian, and then he gets the hot tag to Edge. Sure does. How would you rate this hot tag, I think? Um, it's, it, I'm going to go with 
just move away from the Nando scale now because I'm officially putting that to bed because we've done every Nando oh sauce. Oh my god, you're retiring the scale. Well, just a more generic hot sauce scale, I think, would be fair. Well, no, more that than can Nando's. be. You can bring your own sauce into Nando's. Well, you're not allowed to, but you, you can get away with Mate, it. Mate, you're not allowed to steal glasses either, but that doesn't stop <laughs> yeah. Crime man. <laughs> just to point out Nando's that is not true. It was for purposes of humor. And if you're interested in sponsoring us, you can P.O. Box at a Shero podcast. <laughs> so, with that in mind, I'm going with Tabasco. Okay. Because, you know, it's spicy, yeah, but yeah. if you have it with every meal, you are going to start to get immune to the spice. So, it's a good hot tag. But it wasn't like they pulled out all the stops or anything. It's just a very... It's weird to say... If it, was, if it wasn't there, you'd notice. You would. You would. But it's still only just a hot tag, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Gotcha. You could have just said medium, like. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've already had medium in the past, I think. Wait, you could have you more than one tag. Nah, nah, Mate, there nah. are more tag matches than Nando sauces in one episode of Raw. <laughs> one per sauce. That's the rule. That's how I laid it out. So those previous matches have been immortalized by one, one sauce. sauce each. Yes. You're not paying attention. Oh, my God. Amazing sequence of finisher reversals by all four men. X-Pac clocks Tori by mistake. The referee gets distracted. We get the X-Factor, but Christian, the ultimate act of, yeah, they're heels now, mm. uses the goddamn ring bell on <laughs> yeah, X-Puck. Yeah. And X-Puck gets busted wide open as well. Oh, Proper he, busted he open. He bladed so deep, didn't he? Unbelievable. That's a big gash. Crowd were fucking nuclear for the finish of this. Edge and Christian win. Great to see them retain the belts over a, vet, my kind of a veteran I team. I was yeah. worried. Yeah, that it was just gonna go back to. Right, you guys naturally. had you guys had your fancy ladder match. Come yeah. give us our belts back. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah, no, this was. I what do you guys think of this? I thought it was awesome. Fucking it was great opening. It is actually the best match I've seen Road Dog work Probably, since yeah. we start the podcast. That's I think. true. I think yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. Really, really, really good. Great yeah. start to the pay per view. Chaotic, no mercy style contest. I love it. <laughs> I did like it with the finish though. One thing. Was that, you know, like, Jerry's going nuts because they cheated to win, essentially. Yeah. And he goes, hey, ref, didn't you notice no bell rang when you came to three? <laughs> On form, Jerry. Yeah, seriously, like great ass. job. Backstage, The Rock arrives. Clearly, he's making out that it is way less wintry than it is with his, with his open shirt, but it looks cold. Yeah, he's scared a, of the cold. There's a draft there, Dwayne. Come on now. He's too tough to be cold. Coming up next... The light heavyweight championship is on the line as Di Malenko defends against two cool hot man, Scott Scott Hot. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, why are we doing this light heavyweight belt? You may ask. When's the last? What do you ever have with the light heavyweight belt? You know, it's. I knew we were going to talk about this because the light heavyweight belt just it meant nothing in the first place. It was bad it, when the champion stopped bringing it out. Yeah, and then it disappeared altogether. Did, wasn't it? But, Given to Gilbert. Gilbert won it, right. yeah. He yeah. was the last champion. But the second Di Malenko comes out wearing the belt, all of a sudden it's just like, just seeing it on him, it's like, oh shit, no, this belt could mean something again. Because I love that. Look, that's a lovely belt, the light heavyweight it's belt. It's a great belt. And yeah. when you think of light heavyweight champions, you think of the skinny dudes that are always flying around all over the place. But Di Malenko is a stout little man, so yeah. that's he's very unconventional. Thought, that was the difference between light heavyweights and cruiserweights. WCW had yeah. cruiserweights, I think, springboards, topes. WWE had light heavyweights, I think, like Taka, Deans. Scotty, you know, guys that are still wrestlers, and you know what? Um, given the fact that people have always pointed that WWE like could never did cruiserweights right, they had a nice little thing going here, and mm. fuck me, this is a nice example of it. So yeah, Dimalenko is the champion. Sa Rios, when he debuted, more on him later, took the light heavyweight championship from Gilberg, thus de- reactivating it. Yeah, uh, he just been sitting on it like an egg. <laughs> Scotty, uh, Scotty won it on a random episode of SmackDown after Grandmaster Sexy got injured. He's out with like a knee injury. Mm. So I was like, oh, this doing a little back and forth. So Scotty's getting his rematch against Dean Malenko. 
weird match on paper. Yeah, yeah. But going in, I was thinking like, Scotty too yeah, high. I'll give it a go, but I don't expect much well, from this. We've already said in previous episodes that Scotty has surprised us. That's true. So and I'd only seen was it one match of Malenko so far, mm. and I was I was very I was very sort of I was apprehensive, but at the same time, I thought this has potential. Yeah, and you think like. Line heavyweight championship is like the lowest of the low in yeah. terms of like it's the least of their. It's never been a big deal, but they give these guys a bit of time in this match as mm-hmm. well, which is fucking nice. What I gotta say is at the start of this match, I was thinking like, yeah, this probably won't be up to much, and I did not see myself caring about who won. I didn't, you know, I just thought I'll watch this match and I won't feel anything mm. while I watch it or whatever. But what they do in the next fifteen minutes like makes me a give a shit about the championship for a start off. And B, actually give a shit about both of these guys yeah. as well and want one of them to win. And what is particularly funny about this match is that you've got here now, all of a sudden, WWE pulling out these amazing cruiserweight matches, while over on the other channel, Vince Russo has decreed that no one likes the cruiserweights because they can't get over because they don't speak English. So you've got fucking Pinata on a pole and all that crap happening to WCW. Well, over here, they're like, actually... We'll, you can, you we'll do what you, yeah. yeah we'll actually do that one thing you did better than us for a few years <laughs> and we'll you know we'll feature it properly amazing action immediately fucking brilliant Scotty is quick he sells for Dean's stuff Dean is vicious he's like a pit bull everything is snappy quick action I we, fucking love it we get a great um, pile driver reversed into an arm drag oh, oh yeah. yeah that's beautiful and it was amazing just watching that it was so fluid both Christmas. guys are on absolute top form. They don't like, miss a beat, like, in this whole thing. Even when Scotty does the moonwalk, it's fucking like, hey! Yeah, it's know? perfect. Did anyone else notice a giant stain on the mat at this point? Yeah, there's was X-Pac's blood. Yeah. Oh, shit, I thought it was the Mrs. Tan, like. <laughs> I was like, is this, did they invent spray tan in 2000? <laughs> oh, so it was, oh, yeah, I'm God. pretty sure it was X-Pac's yeah. blood. God, he gushed, didn't he? Yeah, it? he did. Malenko gains control after a snug clothesline after like kind of I love when the fast sequences and it's like boom that's it it's over end of fast wrestling <laughs> works over the leg uh, the announcer is putting over his a thousand holes gimmick when the very few instances of a gimmick from WCW being carried over into WWE because mm. whatever about ECW where they would see some value in it in terms of WCW guys you know Jericho maybe got like his raw as Jericho but mostly it's like clean slate forget you know, your That's not doing what the competition did. But I buy into Dean Malenko's Thousand Holes gimmick. Yeah, yeah, genuinely. You know, two men have had the temerity to use that. Him and Mike Quackenbush, and I genuinely believe in both. For, for sure, seriously. Yeah. Um, in this match, we get our first bit of uh, an example of JR being just Love. weird tonight. Yeah. King's like talking about their clothes for some reason. He goes, oh, see, Scotty is wearing those, uh, what would you call those, jeans? And uh, JR just goes, I'd say that's a pretty accurate description. In Oklahoma, we call those britches. And then like 10 seconds of silence, just nothing. (laughs) (laughs) The heat on Malenko is quite impressive. From when he comes out, because he's not a guy who looks, he he doesn't seem very imposing or dastardly, but you can just tell the good work they're doing on TV when he comes out and the crowd are like, boo. (laughs) The crowd rally behind Scotty so much as well, which shows you that, you know, in groups like Too Cool, you usually think that, oh, it's just the group, or just maybe Rikishi, yeah. or the tag team, but Scotty on his people own. People care people, about them. People care about him quite a lot. I sort of, um, sorry, I, I sort of wrote off that Too Cool were like a group that I liked as, ki- as a kid, because it was aimed at kids or whatever, I didn't think I'd find any appreciation for them nowadays, but looking at it, like, Scotty was like one of the best mid-card workers they had around this point. Really good. Entertaining, he was incredibly over, he can sell like really excellently, he's athletic, well, he he's was fast. Sa- he was signed for like 10 years, and people forget like guys like him and you know funaki it's like mm. they're like 
there's a reason they were under contract for ages. They're not JTG cases, these lads. It's like they were reliable and they knew yeah. that they could do anything yeah. with them. Genuinely. They could fill whatever role they want. But yeah, it's nice to see Scotty get a chance to shine on his own. Malenko comes off as a complete killer here. Keeps shutting down all of Scotty's hope spots and comebacks. Both guys tumble outside and then we get a king-size superplex to Scotty Tuani. Fucking top rope on that shit. Unbelievable. Texas Cloverleaf gets reversed in a nice little... Uh, Nice little moment. Fucking love that move. Oh, it's such a cool submission. And then the worm. And my one gripe with this match is the worm. Scotty does his WRM hopping around. He does it on the leg that gets worked over. Ah. Oh. John 2 Cena over here. Like My only problem with it is I just sort of felt like Dean Malenko would be too smart to get hit by the worm. Yeah. Because you've got the whole WORM, then the worm, and then the roo, roo, roo. You'd think Dean Malenko would wake up and like move out of the way. Yeah, the it was the one kind of concession to WWF in this whole match, it felt like. Yeah, really. Dean Malenko tries for the, uh, to use the ropes to get the pin, but he gets caught by the ref. So yeah. blatant as well. <laughs> it's so, he's like, he's, he's right. like <laughs> upside down, practically. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like hands standing on him. He's like, with the referee, he's like, hey, sup, what's going on, man? <laughs> Look at my crazy vert line, you know, it's unbelievable. Tiger bomb by fucking Dean Malenko. Oof. Oh, kick out by Scotty. Scotty Duhani goes for a superplex, which is a recurring theme tonight, folks. A mm. lot of superplexes on yeah, this card. Yeah, I imagine it. But no, Dean Malenko reverses it into a top rope DDT. So snug. And so, so close to the corner. Absolutely mm. perfect. Like, that's a, that's a move which is, you know, has botch written all over potentially because it's yeah. just like so many things can go wrong well scotty they have to go forward and go backwards yeah because he has to jump forward to get off the rope and then because there's ddt as well the fact that he didn't nip himself on a rope just perfect ring positioning good lord dean malenko wins oh this was fucking savage yeah what a match it honestly. was i think this was dean malenko's best wwf match not his best match ever, because obviously we saw him in Starcade. Was yeah, of course. But what, what, what do you think of like, seeing Dean like, on a singles? Really, really impressed. Mm. And not just to say it was all entirely Dean either. This is just another case of like, you know, back in 98 when we'd get pairings like Val Venus and D'Lo Brown. It just goes to show that WWE still could take two random mid-card guys. You'd never think of putting those two together. Never in a million years. Because one's, you know, a goofy gimmick and one's a more very straight-laced character. Yeah. Yeah, Put them together. You feel like sometimes, I know I feel like now currently in WWE that there's almost a line in the middle and like certain characters can't interact with For other. sure, Like yeah. Bray Wyatt couldn't react, interact with like Fandango or something like that. Because yeah. he's like, there's a line between what's goofy and not. But here... It works, like. It totally works. Fucking brilliant. Adore this match. Go out of your way to see this one. This is one of the ones which I would say. Definitely. Because it's not really like people hardly are ever going, hey, this is a classic match on any DVD. This is an unknown treasure, I think. Definitely. Patterson and Briscoe backstage with the McHann Helmsley regime. Yes. And vegetables and hummus. (laughs) A lot of veg. Fucking, they're not going to eat all that. No. no, not between all of those guys. You're throwing out so much guacamole. Why do they make it in such large quantities? Like? So happy to see the Stooges back on yeah. the same page with McMahon again. Pledging uh, allegiance to Vince. <laughs> <laughs> the United States of Mr. McMahon. <laughs> it makes no sense, of course, for Patterson and Briscoe. Nope. But I suppose they're like, well, if Mr. McMahon will join up with them, I suppose we can. Exactly, yeah. I mean, if, if Vince is going to forget everything like that, I don't really... I'm not going to question the motives of the Stooges, to be honest with you. Yeah, grand. There's someone to get Vince coffee now. But good Lord, the, the McMahon-Helms regime is... It's an odd, odd enough group now. Yeah, you've got three men that are over the age of, like, 50. Uh, you've got the young 
bastard Triple H, Stephanie and Shane, these two young kids. And you go, oh, the DX. Yeah, it's real odd pairing. It's, about all it's these really strange type. to have a stable which has more regular people yeah. than wrestlers. Think of this for a second. For a period of time, Tori and Gerald Briscoe were stable mates. That's a weird thought, yeah. As I in, like, Tory. if you picked them both on WrestleMania 2000, they'd come out to the music, like, because <laughs> they're technically a part of the same gang, like. But yeah, they're back, and Vince McMahon decrees that it's all hands on deck tonight because of the uh, Stone Cold problem. Next up, Big Boss Man and Billy Bucks taking on the APA. Bill Buchanan and the Big Boss Man, that is... BBM and BB, I call them. The I APA. Call them Big Sorry, Boss what? Man. what? BBM and BB versus the APA, this is... So many bees. Yeah. At least they're not behaving badly in this one. Because have so many bees. Like, big boss man Bull Buchanan-ing badly. I was just calling them the big boss man because... <laughs> That's brilliant. Because Why didn't I think Bill Buchanan doesn't really have a character. He, he is just boss man light. Boss man too. Yeah. Well, he's a stretched out boss man. <laughs> he does look like... What was the name of the baddie? Vac-man. The baddie from... Uh, Stretch Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong. Bull Buchanan's got a bit of that to him, hasn't he? The mad eyes of Vac-man. <laughs> the bright red skin. <laughs> <laughs> ability to create a vacuum inside <laughs> Jim Ross declares that this is going to be a slobber knocker you're goddamn right acolytes come out get an APA chant mm. it's hoping for an always pained an ass chant uh. we also get a sign it just says APA ass kicking security but it looks like it's been written in blood Jesus it's like it's like really it's like blatant like it's just someone's just cut their like, arm and just smeared it on paper fucking the hell APA, looks- hashtag cut for Farouk like. ah. <laughs> so this is a bit of a obviously after the last match this is a bit of a cool down affair yeah. and Jim Ross would liberally use the term slobberknocker to either A describe a match with lots of horses or two describe a match where there won't be a lot of audience uh, interaction <laughs> this is the latter of the two slobberknockers <laughs> undoubtedly that being said, as we mentioned in previous episodes, I was very impressed by Mr. Buchanan's athleticism. Yeah, Seriously. You, you wouldn't look at him and think he can jump as high or as far as he can actually do. He can do some good mid-air rolls yeah. as well. He's, He's the kind of guy who, like, because he could do all this stuff. Like, he did he did a sunset flip and landed on his feet in this. Yeah. And then he does his top rope thing. Never tried, like, you know, a tope or a springboard. It's kind of like, I always felt with Bull Buchanan, it was like, he was doing what he knew he could do 100% without botching. But it's, like, it's a shame that he... Didn't push himself from going further. He, imagine you see someone like Bull Buchanan doing a you know springboard, a springboard yeah. you know, because it's it's he's so close. Yeah, he didn't get that full potential. Really, sadly not. Step up clothesline by Barry Buchanan. Which we, <laughs> sorry, we <laughs> do know. get told by Jim Ross. He's like his friends call him Bull, but his name's actually Barry. And, and, and killing the gimmick. <laughs> King just goes, well, "What would you call him then?" He goes, "I call him Mr. Buchanan." Killed his gimmick, Barry. Barry with the headlock there. <laughs> Most unimposing name ever. Bossman gets tagged in. He gets stiffed so much by oh, Yeah. It was recently said, I believe, by Mick Foley that or Steve Austin. They said that. Farouk could come out and read the phone book and it would still be intimidating because <laughs> you bought that he is a bad dude. I can say that Farouk is always a guy who's there's never a danger of him not being perceived as a complete and utter badass. Just <sighs> those eyes. It's, those it's dark eyes. He never sells. It's no, like... no, I know. It's, it's just that I was, li- I was literally this afternoon thinking about Farouk and how at this point in time he's such an unstoppable badass. And then I remember that nowadays all that happens is he comes out wearing a t-shirt that says damn and he's like, well, I'll be damned. And no, he, just, he just even say it. He just, oh, no, he just, just, da- da- just, just damn now. Like. And of course, in true WWE fashion, they rode that horse and then bet it to death after it was dead. Yeah, it just makes me really When, when he went to a restaurant, he's like, what would you like to order, Mr. Simmons? Lamb! <laughs> What's your least favourite war? Vietnam! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that up, by the way. <laughs> 
sir, you said you'd like a soup. What kind of chowder would you like? Clam! Okay, and for your entree? Lamb! Okay, and I'll get you guys some bread. Uh, would you prefer butter or... Jam! Well, it's just like, you think about one of these guys went on to be a future WWE champion and is now ruining commentary on Monday Night Raw, and the other one just appears every now and then to say damn backstage. It's the, sad. The gimmick is dead, brother. Rook gets worked over then by the boss man above you, Cannon, taking them shortcuts, sloppy refereeing as well as they keep missing loads of tags to, to Bradshaw. At 40 minutes and 26, um, I don't know if it's the grunt of the night or not, it could be a contender, boss man was standing on the apron. And he turned, raised his arms, and went. And the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Ah! I'm gonna confess some shame right here. I couldn't find a grunt of the night tonight. So, uh, Kevin, I think you've just awarded your first ever yes. grunt of the night because I was gruntless this evening. It was oh, yeah, you're gonna do so. You can only have one ever grunt of the night ever. <laughs> no, that grunt is only. <laughs> Hot tag to coleslaw. Brad goes up top, but Bossman stops him, and then we get a fucking superplex by Bull Buchanan. That's number two, and attempt number three for tonight. <laughs> Clothesline from hell from Bradshaw, but Bossman breaks it up, and he does a little tiny bit of big Bossman behaving badly here, because he, he takes out his nightstick and he bops Farouk. Oh, and then he, he dinks Bradshaw as well. No, you're not allowed to use that in a match, are you? Bossman behaving cheekily. You cheeky little Bossman. <laughs> Okay, and then we get to finish this match, which was the one move that stood out. And fuck me, Bull Buchanan. Top rope scissor kick! Yeah. Is it not John Cena? I'm going to jump and sit down off the top rope, and if your head's there... <laughs> oh, well, good. I'm talking about his legs. He was, like, cycling through the air. Yeah. It was like E.T. or some shit. Scissor kick is one of my favourite finishers. It's so cool. If Bull Buchanan comes up to you and goes, yeah, I'm just going to do a top rope scissor kick. No! No! You, no! You decapitate me. Headlock. That's how we're finishing this <laughs> Big Boss Bulls win. And uh, sadly, this is not his last appearance, but it is the last match of the Big Boss Man on the podcast. Aww. Oh, no. Aww. Damn. So, boss Man would get injured towards the end of the year. He would come back in 2001 mm. for uh, another little spot when he was back. But it was, again, it was a case of Boss Man left and he came back to a time of post-WCW and ECW time where the mid-card was, quite frankly oversaturated beyond Full. belief as There's it was no place for him. so there wasn't really a place for him and you know he oh. retired in 2002 and sadly passed away from a heart attack a few years after but you know what Bossman is the one guy when we started this podcast because I was so into the Bossman as a kid he's my brother's favourite wrestler and I thought he was the coolest motherfucker ever mm. and good lord if this man is just even better nostalgia didn't do him justice <laughs> he is so awesome the boss man so awesome no, I've really enjoyed our time with the boss man how entertained have we been by the boss man throughout this consistently like, yeah. we've never really had a lull with the big boss man where he went through a really really shit phase or anything and yeah like we've had some awful matches that thankfully have been a joy to talk about because of the absurd angles yeah, that he yeah. was involved in always surrounded by some sort of chaos and some sort of ridiculous angle and I always sort of like, I, I remember Boss Man as a child, but I never really paid too much attention to him. And I spent like the past, you know, 12, 13 years, whatever it is, since the Attitude Era finished, just remembering him as the guy that stole Big Show's daddy's coal. <laughs> <laughs> but now looking back, I realise there is actually a lot more to him than that. He was a consistently entertaining that was wrestler. That was only one offence on a very long list. He was a naughty, naughty boy. Very naughty, naughty boy. Well, yeah, Big Boss Man. Just want to give a little. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is the first time you came. Boss Man was obviously a new character for you. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd heard of the man before, but I'd never, never seen any of his matches. Um, 
I'd seen the clip of him stealing Big, Big Show's dad's uh, coffin before, but I think that was more or less it. Yeah. Uh, really, really enjoyed uh, Time of Bossman, even when he was in shit matches like his match against The Undertaker. Yeah. Um, and um, Hell on a Cow. Oh, oh, man. You know, but, even uh, though they were shit matches, they were still something we could talk about um, and, and still laugh and enjoy ourselves definitely, uh, yeah. when, when talking about it. Super quick, favourite Bossman memory. Um, I'm probably going to go with um, I enjoyed it when Big Freak Show's fake daddy died and went straight <laughs> to hell you can't beat a line like that no, Billy uh, pepper casserole yeah. <laughs> that's Kevin. brilliant um, I probably got to say when he read out the sympathy card for the Big Show's dad like the poem the poem like uh, that's got to be up. that and when he put a railway spike in button and head and started hitting <laughs> it and causing Al Snow to be destroyed from within like <laughs> sorry we just mentioned that one more time a railroad spike <laughs> yeah he, that's he, nuts he was like hitting it with the uh, the, the nice stick and I was like ah my brain like <laughs> Fucking love you, boss man. God damn, it's got to be a shame you're not being on the uh, Yeah. We have another appearance from us, but I thought, you know, usually when it's, it's the guy's last match, it's a nice time to, to yeah. have a chat about it. A good send-off. Backstage, it's our two favourite interviewees, Matt and Jeff. Uh-oh. Look, Jeff, even though we're brothers, it's going to be a while though, man. And we might have to square off against each other, man. Yeah. I mean, we'll work together as long as we can, but if it comes down to me and you versus Crash for the hardcore title, well, I'm not holding anything back. I guess not, man. You damn near broke my jaw last week. Don't expect me to hold back either. It's not like it's the first time we fought. <laughs> I guess we have an understanding. Nice. Terry, no. <laughs> Jeff is all like, what about my dog? <laughs> no, he's not. I didn't catch a lick of this. You know what happened was? It cut to them backstage and I thought, Hey, remember that time he went, Terry, no. And I just started laughing. <laughs> and by the time I composed myself, I was like, oh, next match. He, ba- he basically said that um, they will happily fight each other if it comes down to it in the next match. And cool. it's nothing personal for either of them. Well, they know what know, they have to do to get this belt. Listen, Hardy Boys are as tight as it gets. Yeah. When it comes to the hardcore spectacular, it's every man for himself. <laughs> hardcore spectacular? That's what this match. Yeah. <laughs> Backstage, Crash and Bob Holly and... <laughs> Crash, look, even though we're cousins, I'm gonna enjoy beating your ass all over this arena tonight. Oh, man, cousin, why's it gotta be like that? Look, I know it's every man for himself, but why don't we work together as a team, you know? Get rid of everyone in the ring, and if it comes down to me and you, may the best man win. What the hell are you thinking? Uh, best man win. Crash is like, Hey, let's just go out there, you know, because you know the Hollies are the best, and then let the best man win. He slaps him. <laughs> the best man win. What are you, gay? Like, <laughs> he's, he's such an asshole, Bob Holly. There was a smackdown before this where he's like, Crash, just because you collect beanie babies doesn't make you less of a man. <laughs> <laughs> just burying the hardcore champion. <laughs> and I love Bob loves it. It's like, again, I don't think that he, like, the way he's booked and just his performance, God. Bob Holly is just so entertaining. So funny. Fucking love it. JR and King tell us that Austin is not here yet. Which is what? Because he's first at the building. Yeah, he's normally first in the building and uh, King's starting to get like, you know, oh, I don't think he's going to turn up. And JR just like, well, there was a parade earlier today and traffic outside is horrendous. Yeah, that's right. You know what? There's like, oh, Stone Cold isn't here. What has happened? Jim Ross is like, traffic. the traffic is bad. <laughs> well, he does come in. If he's in the Zamboni, it'll be a while before he's here anyway, <laughs> lads. Like, so, coming up next, 
It is the hardcore spectacular. <laughs> in an odd instance of looking at WrestleMania 2000 and think, eh, let's have another stab at this, but with slightly better wrestlers. <laughs> it's Crash, taken on Matt, taken on Jeff, taken on Bob, taken on Taz, taken on Saturn. A distinct lack of headbangers, Mean Street Posse, and Viscera in this one. Trimmed the fat. Definitely. Yeah, quite no literally, chaff. in some cases. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing as, well... The WrestleMania 2000 match had one thing bad going for it, which was no one knew what the rules were. That's true, yeah. If for this one, they've made it with the, the rules as follows. Crash has to pin someone, or someone has to pin Crash. That's very weighted against that's Crash. Very, that's very weighted against Crash. And it's also... Um, kind of ruins the psychology of the match. Yeah, totally. Because, yeah, people aren't all going after Crash. Because you'd expect that immediately, is yeah. everyone would gang up on Crash, not just fight outside the ring between themselves while Crash just sits there with no one on him. Yeah, It's weird, because like, I suppose the whole idea is that in the run-up to this, Crash has really been doing the Houdini of hardcore gimmick, which is, he's not necessarily winning, but he manages to leave the building with the belt. Yeah. Well, it just seems to be that everyone else kicks each other's heads in and he just crawls over Sneaks and then just, like, s- yeah. falls, just falls asleep on somebody. <laughs> or he loses the belt and then like, you know, later on he'll come out in the match and win it back and run out Straight through the away. crowd. So brilliant. Crash Holly is so fucking entertaining here. Like this man, it's, it's, I love this gimmick. Like, cause he's like, he's a little man, another call, he's really up now. JR and everyone, they call him Elroy. Yeah. From the Jetsons. <laughs> he's really over at this point as well, isn't oh, he? Oh, it's gold. It's gold. It's absolute gold. I've got to say, I don't know what you guys thought, but I mean, when you have a match like this, where the odds are so against one person like Crash Holly, you know, just he, immediately he's got to win. Yeah. yeah. Of course he's going to win. It's like so unlikely that he's going to win. He has to win. Well, it's, like, it's exactly like, um, Everyone's saying, oh, Stone Cold's not here yet. Well, he's going he, to get he's, here. He's going to be here. There's no point you telling every, us Every this. time you tell us Stone Cold's not coming, that just reconfirms the fact that he that is he's definitely coming. It's that he's coming in some sort of vehicle, but you have to guess <laughs> which one it is. Taz coming in here. A little quick note about Taz. This was around the time where Taz won the ECW Championship for a brief period. Right. Uh, because Mike Awesome left the company with the belt, and uh, for whatever reason, the weird relationship between ECW and WWF Taz was allowed to go and beat Austin for the belt so WWF guy about WCW guy for the belt and in, that was a pretty cool idea because the idea then that Taz would give the belt on to Tommy Dreamer and blah 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 but in a very weird moment Taz fought Triple H on Smackdown champion versus champion and like Taz just lost like Jeez. and he lost as well by Tommy Dreamer coming in and hitting him in the head with a chair oh, by mistake it was a real banana peel did he at least look good against Triple H did Triple H put him over at all or not really like. oh. it was a pretty standard affair like he gave him about as much as he gave Al Snow like if you know what I mean like uh. he was not it was never been yeah it didn't work like Vin, Vin said the ECW documentary I don't know what I was thinking it certainly doesn't speak much of me trying to help that brand <laughs> well at least hell. he admits yeah, yeah. He was at fault well before you bury Vince McMahon for every instance such as this there's him cutting a half a million dollar check for ECW to fund the next pay-per-view so you know true. take the sweet with the sour I'll take this and have a, the, the money as well for the <laughs> show thanks very much Madness to start this. Random nice throws by Taz and Perry. They've kind of broken it up that Taz and Perry are doing wrestling. Matt and Jeff are making all the people scream with their cool high spots. Mm-hmm. And Crash is just getting beaten up by Bob. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's a class. I mean, six men in the ring, no tags, nothing like that. It's a madness. You like. don't know what to look. Um, it actually reminded me of playing a six man on 2K14. 
Yeah, where it's just the action's all over the place and the cameras have to zoom out really, really far to yeah. make sure you can get everyone And guys in. keep pinning guys and then she's like, pin, no, stops and pin. So, so, and Jim Ross is like, I don't know why the guys keep trying pins, just going to break them up. <laughs> he's like, Fucking hell, he's so dejected, isn't he? Like, well, I don't see, I, what's the point in doing that? It's, yeah, again, it's I really think... weird. He's got, like, the delivery of Tim Heidecker. <laughs> <laughs> we get some cool spots with the steel super structure. When, uh, you know, Crash start climbing up it to escape everyone. Yeah. Jeff dives off it. Perry sends a guy clattering into it and breaks it apart. Get, I love this. We also get Jeff doing a Hurricane Rana off it. Oh, man. A yeah, swinging Hurricane Rana. And straight after he does that Hurricane Rana, JR compares him to Shawn Michaels. It's like, uh, oh, you're young. Shawn Michaels. Yeah, no, he goes, yeah, he's always like, oh, Hurricane. He goes, is he a young Shawn Michaels? It's yeah, like, Shawn Michaels, you know, always doing those Hurricane Rana's all the time. He may grow up to be a middle-aged Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. He but, could grow up to be a circa 1999 Shawn Michaels. <laughs> 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 Look, Victory Road and his match in Sting, that was. Oh, he was channeling was, 99 yeah. Shawn Michaels there. At least Shawn Michaels was good enough to do it on his couch and not in a wrestling ring. Ah. <laughs> ah. Hardys are doing some cool spots in this. Mm. Yeah. And unlike WrestleMania 2000, at least there's few enough guys that everyone's doing something cool. So there's no psychology. It's a bit irritable to see all the pins, but cool stuff is happening. Yeah, it's still entertaining. Hardys do some double teams in the ring. Jeff clonks his head on a chair. He brought a chair in and Taz gives him a clothesline. He falls down. Back of his head goes right on the edge of the chair. Which is the uh, the bone of the chair, so That's to speak. That's the worst place. This is the worst part. At one point, Jim Ross, after like Crash takes a particularly hellacious move outside, just goes, Crash, just give him the belt, hell. Jesus. <laughs> Have a little faith. Yeah. Jeff with the cord, aka Adam's least favourite spot oh, in wrestling. I fucking hate strangulation spots. They got, so gross. They kind of lost me a little bit at this point. All guys, six guys are back in the ring. Mm. Crowd kind of tuned out a little bit. Taz starts taking over, though. He gets someone in a Taz mission, and this isn't a grunt of the night so much as, well, this is exclamation of the night. Taz goes, you son of a bitch, choke, choke. <laughs> Jeez. It's almost as if he's frustrated. <laughs> Falcon Arrow by Bob to crash on a steel chair. Oh, Hardy boys get a ladder out. To which Jim Ross goes, well, the ladder got a pop. What is wrong with him tonight? Why is he so upset? I think everyone's going on. I was like, oh, Jim Ross, it's his podcast. It's mate. No, mate, 2,000 pay-per-views. Jim Ross is just as surly. Like. Yeah, he's got a proper bee in his bonnet. Twist of fate and swanton off the top of the ladder. Mm. Beautiful stuff. Hardy start fighting over Crash's um, corpse. Over Crash's corpse. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's dead he at this is, point. He is, he's yeah. Like two buzzards. Like. <laughs> and then when they're fighting over him, Jim Roscoe's Shades of the Mean Street Posse. And let it be known, this is the first and last time a man has been compared to Shawn Michaels of the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> <laughs> Within five minutes. Jesus. Fucking hell, man. Everyone kills everyone. Crash somehow wins. <laughs> <laughs> Lo- I love the kind of the insanity of it. It was kind of a match which is best served by highlights other than watching it all. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think? It was a bit shit. Being honest, looking at my nostalgia and all the fond memories I have of the 2000 hardcore scene, I actually think, this is going to sound weird, but I actually think the pre-taped hardcore matches are what I remember most fondly about this point because... Mm. The ones that we're getting in the middle of the arena like this, where it's all the guys scrapping around, it's so hard to coordinate that and choreograph yeah. it in such a way that everyone... The, the only thing I liked about this match was uh, Crash's selling of him crawling away from the <laughs> yeah. ring like his legs had been crushed. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, 24-7 is a gimmick which it felt like several times, including WrestleMania, they were acting like they were going to end it, but it lives to fight another day. Yeah. Or another year. <laughs> or two. 
Backstage, Coach is with Shane, says he's going to be impartial. No, you're not. Yeah. He almost gave the exact same speech last year, except yeah. he, didn't, he didn't swear in his grandfather's grave. <laughs> Coming up next, it's the American hero, Kurt Angle, taking on Mr. Hollywood, Big Charisma, Paul White. Oh my God, the fucking build-up to this one. I think it's time for the big show. Hollywood, man, I'm gonna cut loose, I'm gonna cut a rug, I'm gonna have some fun, cause you know what? I'm gonna be a superstar. We got Hollywood there! I feel like dancing. Oh, who's the room? What would you say to wearing gold around your waist again? World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championships. We've already got a partner, hand-picked, just for you. The Big Shot. I have the one partner guaranteed to bring home the Tag Team titles. The Big Show. He's just wearing a cap. Who's he trying to be? I think Kurt's as confused as we are. Don't you see me a wee fanny? I'm trying to have a little bit of fun. I don't think Kurt Angle liked the fact that The Big Show is having fun. Kurt Angle just wearing The Big Show. WrestleMania 2000, where we could have believed that Big Show had a less than stellar outing. There was an amazing backstage segment with Shane and Big Show, where Shane essentially tells them, you had a less than stellar outing. <laughs> and Shane felt a little bit hard done by that, you know, Show was the first one eliminated. But Big Show's like, I'm going to be entertaining. <laughs> so we had Big Show coming out as Val Venus. Yep. Big Show uh, coming so out. The, the, uh, the big... Valshowski was it or something like something that? Like oh that. man, these are bad. Like uh, the show father, <laughs> Shonen the Barbarian, Shokishi, fat bastard from Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, just cause. Just the Why most, not? Just this package. <laughs> it it just looks like we're we're watching Big Show take ecstasy whilst dancing <laughs> to Sandstorm by Darude. <laughs> that's what this package is, is is him taking ecstasy and losing his mind yeah. and all the while this is going on Kurt Angle getting back on the saddle after SA 2000 has decided to fight for the noblest cause of all abstinence <laughs> several shots will be shown of Kurt in and around all the arenas where they would be wearing a giant billboard saying just say no to sex and he's like hey guys it's cool to wait you know sex is lame you know, being like me Kurt Angle and the one amazing segment which is there's like they cut to a restaurant and there's like a young couple in their 20s and they're like kissing or whatever you're having a lovely romantic dinner and Kurt just comes in between them he's like hey guys I'm Kurt Angle uh, so do you know that you should maybe think about abstinence and he gives the lady a lollipop try sucking on that instead you're like, <laughs> oh fucking hell <laughs> and then this slight the worst sight was when he was in Penn State University trying to sign up all the young impressionable kids to a cool life of abstinence 
Only bloody Big Show giving out condoms. Oh, fucking hell. For fuck's sake. Now, there's one more depressing than two weeks after main event in WrestleMania, a Big Show with a bucket full of condoms. (laughs) (laughs) Safe sex for everyone. A week later, dressed like Fat Bastard on live TV. Oh, God. Now, I I tell you what, as stupid as it is having Damien Sand... Sorry, Big Show come out with all these different (laughs) gimmicks. Kurt Angle, the fact that he gets... So incensed he gets by so this. upset by yeah. him being Scottish. That's brilliant. Now yeah. Kurt Angle losing his shit about Big Show wearing a kilt is so fucking funny. <laughs> Kurt Angle comes out, cuts his promo. He says Big Show is a big ass. He let all that talent go to waste. <laughs> bit close to the fucking bone, like, yeah. a little accurate. He's, yeah, he's got a weird promo because he comes out and says he's like Washington because he can't tell a lie. And then the next line is this my made up line for what I was expecting to happen is that Andy and I am like Abraham Lincoln because I can go all night. <laughs> <laughs> he also mentions Marion Berry. You know, I had to do some research on this. Is like uh, this is gonna happen is like Kurt Angle is ensured that every fucking single time he appears on pay per view, we're gonna get a million tweets going. Actually, it was this. Actually, uh, it was some person. Yeah. You know what? There's nothing more I fucking hate than people doing references for no good reason than to go over the people's head. It makes me madder than Harvey <laughs> P. Carr on Letterman. For <laughs> sake, but Mar- Marion Marion Berry was the mayor of DC, right. And then he was... Oh, you actually did research. Yeah, he, High yeah, five, yeah, Billy. Thank you. He was kicked out. Because Don't he tweet was, us a now. Video, a video was released of him smoking crack. Right. So he was the Rob, 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 Rob He was the Rob Ford of the 1990s. Right. Then, he, then he became mayor again, even though he'd been caught smoking crack. Um, the song um, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous by Good Charlotte, yeah. there is the line, now if you were caught smoking crack, McDonald's wouldn't, wouldn't even want to take you back. But you could always run for mayor of DC. Ah, is about Marion Barry. Ah, take, well done, Billy. Take that machine. <laughs> Ten points, Billy Keeble. Yes. Heck. Good research. Woo. Now, with all that being said, who is coming out to face our Olympic hero tonight? Oh God! It's Bulk Shogun. <laughs> Big Show doing Hulk Hogan. I popped so much. So do I. This is so funny. I, I, I knew that it was Angle versus Show, but for some reason, that. as soon as the music kicked, in, I was like. Wait, <laughs> no. <laughs> in the in the attitude era, they made use of the fact that they had Hogan's music still to great effect. Whether it being ha- using it for Patterson, using it for Big Show here, it's just it, it's funny. And what's funny for me is I popped so much as a kid because Hogan was the you know the kind of wrestling I mentioned before that I hate. I hated the eighties wrestling. I thought it was so tacky and lame. I'm like, mm. oh, he's making fun of that lame guy Hogan. Who's that guy I used to see on you know yeah. on old TV? Ooh, he's awful. And it, it's so funny. And you know, to keep in mind as well, everyone's parodied Hogan to the cows have come home. This was the like on WWF TV, where they never mentioned WCW, mm. came out as Hogan. And this is sensitive 2000 Bash at the Beach Hogan. Yeah. Oh, you know he was hot. <laughs> you run around talking a lot of trash, man, about what you're going to do when you're a real hero. Let me tell you something, brother. I'm going to the top of the mountain. I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, dude. I've got the largest pythons in the world, brother. <laughs> so what you gonna do when the showster goes wild on you? Hey, dude! <laughs> I must say, this is quite possibly the funniest thing I've seen Big Show do. Not in a way this is so bad it's funny, but actually genuinely it's funny. funny. I agree. Because he, he rams around 14 dudes and brothers into his little promo. He, he does he's, a decent little he impression. He does yeah. a decent impression, and he's really, really funny. And the best part is, you can tell that even though it's kind of random that they're just getting into dress up as different guys every week, he's really enjoying it. You can tell he's really into it. And well, he likes trying. doing impressions. We yeah. recently had him do Paul Heyman on 
TV. Oh, that wasn't it was, so good. It, it, it was a, it was an okay impression, but it did have the air of slight racism. Slight racism. <laughs> My client, Brock Lesnar. Wow, perfect, right the on. The Beast Incarnate. Yeah, and this is actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the biggest reaction the big show has ever gotten. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. More than when he won the title. He gets yeah. chance. I mean, admittedly, they're Hogan chance. They're Shogun still, chance. Shogun, sorry. Unbelievable. Show no cells and fires up. Goes for the big leg. Hits the big leg drop. Angle kicks out. And Jim Ross is like, no one has ever kicked out of the immortal leg drop. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Angle works over the leg for a little bit. But Big Show just, you know, pulls off his wig. Gets, ang- gets angry. And uh, yeah, uh, at this point, I realise that Big Show has got banana willy. Oh. Uh, it's proper poking out like. I didn't notice. I got the eye cheeking. <laughs> uh, not that again a little bit but uh, when he rips his wig off and like fires up and you know turns back into the big show he does the biggest fucking wallop on Kurt Angle's oh, chest yeah. that slap it like, broke the sound barrier choke slam one two three you know what this was so entertaining like I want to be like oh Kurt Angle shouldn't do this I mean this is like really like Kurt Angle is he's it, above this. He is above this, but it's just for the sake of it. Like, send it's, the crowd home happy, you know. It's not like Kurt Angle was made out like he was this wrestling machine at this in this feud. While he has done that in the past, you know, with other guys in this feud, he was just playing the sort of angry dweeb that got really pissed off when everyone else was having fun. So it, it kind of works I, that he lost. I love how willing he is to do this because, mm. by all accounts. He could be a complete dick about things. Yeah. I am a, I'm an Olympic a, champion. Yeah, he, lost, he lost both his belts at WrestleMania, so you think kind of, oh, they're going to actually break him down a little bit more before they yeah, build it back true. up. But he's, he's really getting stuck in, and he, he seems to be really enjoying himself as well yeah, at the same time. And like Kurt's reactions, like, I mean, as funny as Big Show is, it's nothing without Kurt's reactions, yeah. and he's incensed you, at you Big Show. You need a straight man in that. Yeah, um, this was fucking brilliant. One of Big Show's best matches. Undoubtedly, yeah. 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 And uh, the best part is, once the, we've had the one, two, three, uh, Big Show's music hits. Oh, it's oh, yeah. no. dreadful. Where's the Big Show? Yo, now the big nasty best in your bits in your bed. All these bitches be your mind. My tricks in your bundle. It's so fucking awful. Aggression brings out yet another class. We need to fucking review that album or some shit. Because they're giving us another. They're giving us that. They do 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 from the fucking DX side. It's just irritating songs. This, I hated this theme so much as a kid he's got it for most of the year as well now oh, yeah. oh really yeah yeah well, it's, it's alright though because I can't imagine I can't see Big Show winning many matches so we're not going to hear it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hello everyone it's time for a caption contest bit of a break in the action there old Backlash 2000 what a pay-per-view what a pay-per-view crash bang wallop <laughs> what a pay-per-view I was going to say this match is on the Autobahn but <laughs> caption du jour we put this one up. This was a difficult pay-per-view for in terms of captions because I was torn, very torn. I asked people on Twitter, at AE Podcast, to uh, send us some suggestions. Yeah. A lot of people sent the one that we went with. A few smart fans also sent a caption of Billy Corgan looking thoughtful in the crowd. That's a little too specific, I think. You're not, you're not a fan of the Corgan? It's just a little too far removed from wrestling. We're, we're going to get loads of Smashing Pumpkins jokes that will go over my head. If I thought you could get one. the old guitar out again. We could do a bit of a sing-song. Play some, <laughs> you know, I don't know. 1979 or something. Yeah, clever new lyrics about Chris Kresge's amazing writing run in WWF in 2000. But, uh, Sadly, that's the wrong podcast, mate. Sadly, yeah. We went with, in the end, the caption du jour. It's our main man. 
man, the hoaxster, or should I say the showster, Hulk Hogan's uh, doppelganger and weighty counterpart, it's Big Show, dressing up as Hulk Hogan, coming out to the ring, doing a bushwhacker dance. So, uh, looking like a big packet of cheese, though. That's my immediate. <laughs> Adam's like just a, staring at the picture. Like he's, he's saw like a no, like a mustard sachet. You'd get in like a pub or something. That's what he looks like. He looks like a giant Watson. Anyway, here we go. These we had over three hundred responses. Jesus, that's got to be our biggest to date, surely. Yeah, every time we do a caption contest, we get more and more. And uh, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much to everyone who did it. And uh, yeah, this is kind of uh, yeah. These are some of the ones that made us laugh the most. Right off the top of the bat here, Craig Curran. The tragic results of Pasta Mania were not realized until years after the doors were shut. <laughs> Would Hulk Hogan please come and collect your older, balder, fatter son for reception? <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I've forgotten about you, Hulk Show. <laughs> Remember, little showsters, say your prayers and eat everything in sight, little dudes. And then one day, you can be diabetic like the showster dude. Jesus. 24 inch pies, brother. <laughs> you either die a giant or live long enough to see yourself become the Hogan. Hey, you dress up like Hulk Hogan, you think you got some oh, for stroke around here. And of course, this is a great one here from uh, from Mike Laws. Big Hulky, Paul White. Big Hulky. Big Hulky. I like that. With deep... Oh, this is great. This comes from Mixed Master Chris Pilkington. Uh, all our remixes at the end of our... Uh, of our episodes. Good friend of the podcast, Chris. Large, done by, by Mr. Chris Pilkington over here. The People's Jim Johnson, as he's Christmas yeah. himself. Yeah, what's he got for us? Uh, he's got, with deepest regrets and tears that are soaked, I'm sorry to hear that your career finally croaked. <laughs> you had a good run on your own turns. Soon you'll be jobbing to Scotty Two Hotties Worm. <laughs> but if I was the Hulkster and I saw what you do, I'd pray for cancer so I would die too. Whoa, 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 whoa. He didn't change that. And that's exactly how I feel about the Big Show's career being dead. He just kept the cancer line. <laughs> <laughs> A classless individual, Chris Pilkington, a classless man. All, no these, all these clever jokes that he's changed and that he kept the cancer line. Well, has Hogan got cancer? No, I don't know. I mean, his hand blew up that time in the radiator fire, but... This one from James Fogarty. Uh, Hulk Hogan's TNA run looked a lot worse than I remembered. Oh, fucking hell. What you gonna do, brother, when I put over main event talent once a year and slip back down the mid-card and form a relevant tag team with you? <laughs> Hulkamania is running wide. <laughs> Bulkamania is running wide. Hey, there we go. This one is good. It's just uh, Barney dressed up as Krusty uh, from the Cramp Krusty episode. Brilliant. Similar kind of thing. Yeah. What you gonna do when we run out of ideas for you? <laughs> what you gonna do when the... <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> we drove white hummers into the desert, brother, but the big show only had enough gas in the tank to make a halfway jack. <laughs> and two weeks later, when he returned, wearing a bandana skin boots and canary feather bar, brother. <laughs> That's from Pilkington again. Oh bandana skin boots. I am a fat American. Oh, Eat all the pies of every man. Oh Jesus! All right, we'll finish up here from uh, Dave Ryan. This one got the uh, this one got the big upvotes. Sixty-six upvotes in total. That means one in five people uh, who were commenting wow. like this bad boy. When it comes walking down and it jiggles inside, you gotta have a snack. It don't help to diet. <laughs> Fuck it out. 
Well, you took my crisps and you took my fries. I gotta be a man and order extra sides. I am a real American. Finish the plates of every man. I am a real American. I'll have some fries with extra cheese. For fuck's sake. Uh, surprisingly few references to the big show's big ass yellow willy in this one, but uh... Yeah, no, he's, he's really smuggling some bananas there. Just, a, a just an awful lot of weight jokes more than anything. Ju just else. the one line, but I, there you go. I'm sat here feeling kind of bad that everyone's just been poking fun of poor old Paul White's weight here. Like. <laughs> he's like, you know what? He usually dresses in black and it's slimming. Yeah, but banana yellow. Banana yellow. <laughs> Don't do him no favours. Don't favors. do him no favours, brother. That was a hoot of a Caption that was a hoot of Caption Contest. Thanks very much for uh, submitting those. Remember, as always, check out facebook.com slash Attitude Era Podcast for Caption Contest in the future. Thanks for everyone taking part in this one. Appreciate it greatly. And now, back to the past, where the AE boys are looking at Backlash 2000. Catch you later. Coming up next, it's a battle of sexual frustration as the Dudleys take on TNA with Trish Stratus. As Jerry Lawler says, this match is all about wood. <laughs> Uh. Bubba, women and tables. This is uh, this is gonna be a bit of a weird one. Dudley boys, nasty bastards. We can all agree. Yes. Yeah. Went through a bit of the thing of putting women through tables. As you yes. do. We all we've all had those moments. Of they've uh, they good lord. They were on a tear. They put Terry through a table. BB through a table. May Young through a table. Leisha through a table. And keep in mind, for the most part, all of that. And we'll talk. Get into this a little bit more after the match. But now the Dudleys are pretty much bona fide faces. Yes. And the whole build to this is that Bubba is infatuated with Trish, but not in a romantic sense, in a orgasmic slash euphoric trance sense in that he wants to put her through a table. It's so fucking weird. That's the only way he can get off. It's, it's so weird. So weird. And like you say, their faces at this point... And the crowd wants to see it as well. They're mm. just as up for it as Bubba is. And they've uh, they've done an amazing. This is like Trish Stratus's first like real angle since coming in, and yeah. they do the whole thing where she like is teasing Bubba Ray with all the tables, like he's yeah. aroused by them. It's like her and Lingerie going, "Oh, you know, tables, they're hard. Yeah, the best thing to do at a table is rub it down and then jizz on it. Like, <laughs> very <laughs> sexy, but you know, it's like." For me, it was very confusing because I was a young man who was had a serious infatuation and crush on Trish Stratus. Of course. As a, as a bright young 12-year-old. And then you got Bubba Ray Dudley, who's got his Clips for Sale table fetish. Yeah. He was one of my favourite wrestlers. I did not know how to feel as a kid, and I know even less now as an adult. It's so weird. It's really weird booking. Um, yeah, Trish, like, goading him into it and, like, you know, egging him on. It's weird. But you can still tell that at this point, even though the character's not so up to scratch, she's still a much better actor than most of the divas yeah. on the show oh, yeah, at this definitely. point. She can actually talk properly and she does a really good job. And the it. fact that they have her doing sexy stuff, it's for a purpose. She's like trying to she's manipulate yeah. Bubba as opposed to just doing it for yucks. Like. That's true. I uh, I love Bubba's wide-eyed stare. He is like, he's like a cat. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> just I, like I was a cat say, he looks like uh, Penfold from Danger Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Backstage, Mickey C talks with Trish, who is all innuendo-y and whatnot. And like while she's being interviewed, it just cuts to Bubba staring all quiet. He's like a madman. And he just, he just puts his hand out like a cat. He's got a cat. And D-Bond like, is like, Bubba, come on. Bubba, you're pissing me off. <laughs> and he's like, Bubba, we're going to get her, I swear. You're the good guys. Seriously. <laughs> we're like, oh, I hope he beats that woman. What's going on? 
I could barely pay any attention to Trish's promo because I was distracted by uh, two pretty big distractions, if you know what I mean. It was uh, Prince Albert's nipple piercings in the background poking right through his t-shirt. Ah. He looks like such a fucking creep, that guy. Okay, the idea... Uh, one thing I will always be... Trish Stratus was, was, was great for many reasons as being a, a young 12-year-old, but one of the main reasons was the fact that she, as a manager, convinced Albert to put a fucking shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Now, of all the shirts he could put on, the one he opted for tonight is the white shirt. Yeah. Now, you, we've all heard the story of the muffler. Um. Now, wrestlers, by their very nature, particularly heavy-set ones, mm. just make fluid. Yeah, it's a lot. hair, it's pus, blood, shit, whatever. It just mixes up in there, and it kind of a white shirt on Albert with that hair. It's a it's a light brown by the end of the match. Man, all ugly. I'm saying is throwing a fucking potato in there, and we got a stew going. That's how <laughs> that's how fragrant and flavorsome Big Albert is <laughs> by the end of this one. This stocky bastard, like good god in heaven. Quick shot in the crowd before this one starts. Billy Corgan! Yeah, or, or also known as Smashing Pumpkins. It's like, it's just Billy Corgan sat there and he just says, Smashing Pumpkins there. And uh, yeah, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler are like, what was that what you were doing last Halloween? Very good. Yeah. Oh, clever. Very good. We also get a sign that says Bubba Ray Studley, hey, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Dudley boys, almost lost in like in their completely heels but aren't because it's the Attitude Era. Mm. And people always talk about, oh, guys who are shades of grey. Don't get much more shades of grey than the Dudley boys. This is the ultimate case of tweeners right here. Well, like this, the only difference is that like people are cheering them. That is. Yeah. Mm. They're exactly the same. I think, once again, this is a case of not the Dudley boys being so much faces, but so much as the entire crowd being a heel yeah. with them, kind of. Because it's not as if the Dudley boys, once the fans started cheering them, were like, hey, everybody, they're yeah, still the same still thing. They're still heels, yeah. And Jim Ross still calls them the damn Dudleys, which I love. <laughs> the beauty of Trish Stratus, almost cancelled out by Albert's white shirt covered in fucking slobber. Ugh. Seriously, it looked like he rubbed four pies on that thing. Oh. Imagine Albert wearing that shirt having two steak and kidney pies and a plate of super noodles for his dinner on his own. <laughs> that is a sad image, isn't it? He's got, he looks like he's made of gravy in his <laughs> Start of the match, Bubba Ray Dudley chases Trish Stratus. All right, it's one thing when Chesty McCheeserton is doing it, but fucking Bubba Ray's a big-ass, scary dude. He's shouting, I'm going to get you, you little bitch! Literally, yeah. screaming. It's terrifying. I'm this like, man is unsafe. There's been a few moments in the podcast where looking back, I'm kind of like, yeah, I shouldn't have been watching this. Yeah. And considering how much I loved the Dudleys, they were my favorite. You know, glasses, man. Yeah. You know, big deal for a kid with glasses. But dude, this is fucking weird. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually quite pleased that considering the Dudley Boys are such a big part of your childhood, you haven't grown up to be putting women through no tables now, have Yeah, you? thank Well, that, I suppose that proves some point, but it's weird <laughs> what you're putting across on TV. Yeah. Dudley Boys in control for most of this one, but uh, Tez gets the advantage, hits a gut wrench, and takes over as well when uh, TNA hit. They've got some double team moves. They do a yeah, they do a little bit. Nice little side stand. Um, I love how vocal Bubba is, despite the fact that most of the time he's saying the word bitch. Yeah. Uh, a bit scary. It's an alright tag match. TNA are like neither faces nor heels. Yeah, they've they got absolutely down. no personality. Yeah. None whatsoever. They're just there with Trish. You think you could do something with Tespi, the frustrated, jilted guy at the altar? Yeah. Was... I mean, it's, it's weird. It's almost like. Even though Trish is the manager, it feels more like Test and Albert are her valets. Yeah. And, you know, they're just there managing her she's almost. So, she's outshone them immediately. Completely. Yeah. yeah. Albert works over Devon. 
Looks like he got fucking sick all over himself. Oh, fuck's sake. Superplex by Devon. Another one. Good God in heaven. And then we get the hot tag to Bubba Ray Dudley. Now, that man can do a spicy goddamn hot tag. That's the kind of spice, the kind of sauce that is, you know, so spicy, it puts you in a euphoric trance afterwards <laughs> in the restaurant. It's the kind of uh, spicy that you have that chicken, then you wake up and there's a woman through a table. <laughs> <laughs> That's Check, please. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's kind of awkward. Some Dave's insanity sort of thing. Yeah, that yeah. kind of level. Definitely. 3DB on test. Yeah, and they pin him. And I, this really pissed me off. Because Albert clearly missed his cue here. You can see him like hesitating at the side of the apron. He was meant to break the pin. But instead what you get is because he's too late, Test has to kick out of the 3D. Which and it's is like, kind of like you can't kick out of the 3D. Well, it is the 3DB. Yeah, but still. A kind of like yeah. Test. You know, yeah, he shouldn't be kicking it, out of it. It doesn't help that Jim Ross is going, 3D, 3D. Yeah, even exactly. It's not like, and yeah. when he does kick out, JR's just like, well, uh, I guess they didn't catch all that 3D there because if they did, he would not have been kicking out of that. Fucking right. hell. Terrible cover. I think Albert is kind of like Dwight when he's made wear long sleeve shirts. It's like, <laughs> Albert hasn't got any freedom to move <laughs> in this constraining shirt. Looks like we're going to get the 3D, but Trish goes up on the apron and distracts Bubba immediately. Tess with a sick big boot. Mm. Bubba gets a bit cut, actually. So uh, Yeah, yeah. sharp shoes. TNA win. <laughs> But it, yeah, after the match, the real story begins. It's a bit, we'll say now, I don't know, the match I thought was pretty formulaic. Like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty lame, yeah. pretty boring. Pretty boring match. stuff. We get 3D on Albert's test is cleared from the ring. Trish is left on her own, and we think she's got it. She's using her feminine while she starts kissing Bubba, but Bubba grabs her by the hair, and they're like, nope, they're going to do it. put her through a table and, and she the- takes it like a fucking champ she does Fuck. to be fair it's one of the one of the best uh, she takes all a table of I've ever seen Billy I'm, oh man you, you still don't know what you're in for yet dude <laughs> you still don't know how good it gets with this stuff but like yeah I mean first of all kudos to Trish who probably she's not a trained wrestler at this point she's had some stuff but she's and to be like a manager this is like first bump this is the first proper yeah, bump. And it's such a, for a first bump, this is a huge thing to do. I do yeah. remember reading on the on the, the old angel fire boards at the time that apparently management were like, they people weren't sure what to think of her because she was an outside person. They thought, oh, this is going to be Sable again, kind of. Yeah. But fuck me, Sable ain't taking no bump. Sable, no, that's true. That. Sable that's who true. did have uh, wrestling training and, you know. Yeah. I think that says a lot about, like, the caliber of athlete that they're getting now for the female wrestlers, the likes of Lita and Trish, yeah, who are ca- not only willing but capable of taking big ass bumps like that. Yeah, and they're motivated. They want to do well. They want to actually achieve stuff. That being said, putting women through tables when you're a face is pretty problematic. And I would argue even doing it if they're a heel is still problematic. Like, they did the whole thing recently, TNA, and they're like, yeah, let's put Dixie Carter through a table. Yeah, And I was like... I don't know, maybe show you times have changed, I have changed, whatever, but I felt even in 2014, I was like, even though 
their Dixie Carter character, who's female, is like pretty evil. I still was a bit. Mm. It's, it's weird though, because if X Pac did the same thing to Tori a couple of months ago, he would have been booed out of the building. Yeah, he would have it's been. Weird. It's because, but because it's the Dudleys. They've just built them in a certain... Because they're cool, like... Yeah, I mean... It's sending out a very mixed message. Well, like, what is the message here? Because, like, she goes through the table, the crowd fucking erupts. And it's a spectacular spot. Don't you know? It is. The crowd erupts. But then they do the stretcher job for Trish, and she gets taken out. And you can hear pin drop. The crowd immediately realizes, like... And, like, they go from it, like, J.R. King, like, yeah, he got her. And Bubba's like, oh, I got that little bitch. And then everything just kind of goes quiet. I'm like, right, Trish is in a stretcher here. Like, what is... What's the message here? Yeah. If you're sexy, you'll die. That's the thing. <laughs> you know? that, that's my main issue is that she didn't really do anything to deserve this. And also... But Bubba Ray likes putting girls through tables. He gets off on it. Tristratus is a pretty girl. Uh, and the only reason we should hate her is because she doesn't want to get put through a table. It's, yeah. Like, she it's, kissed him so yeah. she wouldn't get put through a table. Oh, and what a bitch. It's kind of like... It's one of these things where we can see the kind of the aggressive single male demographic kind of going like, yeah, women who I, say no. And like you can latch on to that and it's like kind of a bit worrying. In this, It's just like, you know... I'm relieved to hear you say that because I was worried about sounding like a prude talking about this. But like it did genuinely like creep me out a little bit. Just the... Uh, when he's got her set up on the, the corner, the crowd, they're so fucking like, you can hear a proper bloodlust in the mm. air. They're really like, come just, on! Because like, Trish is like, they make out like how defenseless she is. Yeah. And she's not like, she's not a wrestler. It's not like China or someone going through a table here. And she, at the end of the day, she didn't really do anything that no, bad. It's weird. You know, anytime, you know, when, when X-Pac did, when X-Pac, you know, was violent against a woman, you know, he got his comeuppance. He was made yeah. out to be a villain. They go quiet here. They certainly don't say Bubba Ray Dudley's a bastard. The commentators just go quiet. And when Trish is on the stretcher and Jerry Lawler goes, give her mouth to mouth! Fuck off, man. Like, <laughs> oh, no, no. He, he's saying that he needs to get over there and help the paramedics undress her straight away. Jesus. He's, he's, in fairness, he is the only health and safety manager in the building. <laughs> he has to be on site for all injuries. First aid train. <laughs> but I mean, I think genuinely what it boils down to, the reason why this is so over... Like I, I don't want to like pin it on you know anything particularly sexist or anything. I think the main thing is that it's just like oh you can't do that. You yeah, know, you're not allowed to powerbomb yeah, a girl through a table. It's, it's the spectacle the main... of seeing yeah. a grown man. And let's yeah do that. I think it's just to show you like it's the attitude error. It's the fact that it's envelope and provocative envelope pushing takes precedence over anything else. Like WWE would never do this. No, ever again. You know, and that says I suppose it says a lot. It's just that you know. Yeah, and as, and as a kid, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. No, no, I was like, oh, it's a thing on TV. But it's just that, you know, I think maybe I like to think that Western culture has come on a little bit to, to be kind of like clamoring for a woman to be beaten yeah. up by a man. I don't think there was any weird intent behind it. I think it was just them trying to be, you know, like you said, envelope pushing. But yeah. in your attempts to be envelope pushing, you got to bear in mind that sometimes you are going to make things that look a little bit creepy 20 years later. Yeah, definitely. This is definitely one of those ones which won't be appearing on the old Attitude Era DVDs. Ew. Uh, anytime soon. That being said, again, kudos to Trish Stratus for fucking whoa. Seriously, amazing. yeah. So yeah, we get the harrowing shot of Trish being loaded into an ambulance, and then we cut over. It's only Eddie in China. Oh, Latino heat. He only went and got the girl. Yeah. Now the last time we saw these two together, I mean, I, I remember as a child, I remember them hooking up eventually. But the yeah. last time we saw them, China was power bobbing Eddie and like kicking his ass <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Bridge the gap here, Kevin. What happened? Night after WrestleMania, Jericho, who won the European belt, came out to defend it against Eddie Guerrero. China, being the advocate of Chris Jericho for reasons unknown, 
came out to support Chris again. Mm. At the end of the match, she turned on. Oh, for fuck's sake. She DDT Chris. They did this whole thing. It was like, oh my God, everyone was booing like crazy. And she was like, she was like, yeah, actually I've fallen for Eddie Guerrero. The original plan, the way they set this up, and you get a little bit of it in this promo package, is that, yeah, fucking these are meant to be an evil heel team, like creepy Eddie and like massively powerful China. But the problem is, is they're just so entertaining. Yeah. And it goes quickly from evil power couple to Eddie is studying to get his grade 10 because he is Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> and China has to help him study. It's so, it's so strange because when he's brought in, he whilst he is the most prominent character in, in The Radicals, mm. there's none of this. Yeah. There's none of this. By the way, by the way, Eddie Guerrero doesn't have his GED. Watch these wacky adventures as he just tries to do it. He wears a bow tie throughout this entire match. Because <laughs> he's going to his prom, Holmes. But we have like, him getting mad at China because he can't do the reading. He's like get, reading a book at like a canteen day. He was like, God damn it, I can't get it. You can get it, honey. <sighs> what happened to him? I they, got so confused. It's really, it's such a joke and it's just, it's just a case I'm kind of going uh oh people are going to cheer this make a mega faces yeah. and that's kind of what we get here Eddie Guerrero taking on S.A. Rios defending the European title they come out in a car he wrestles in a tuxedo yeah I it made me pop it <laughs> he looks amazing doesn't he he's he, looks got, so he keeps brilliant. on his bow tie his dress pants off. Eddie Guerrero is a guy who I'm so looking forward to watching more of his matches. Just he's so charismatic as well. Absolutely. You can't gold. help but like fall mm. in love with his character. Because he really came into his own in you know, 2004 when he was champion and stuff. But back here, man, he was fucking good. And he was mm. entertaining as hell. When Eddie Guerrero is put on his, his elbow pads, that's Jim Ross, in another case of being Cyropus, Jim Ross goes, Eddie Guerrero has set back Hispanic relations about a decade. <laughs> Fucking How? hell, why? Can I to elaborate, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> well, like Eddie, he's playing into a stereotype, I suppose. I guess. I guess. But isn't that more Jim Ross picking out flaws in the writing than Eddie Guerrero, though? Yeah, it's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird thing to say, like. Yeah. I, I felt really sorry for China because um, as he open, as Eddie opens the door for her and she comes out, she's wearing a nice dress. Yeah. She's, she, she's looking nice. She's gone, gone, gone to prom. There's just a sign that's right by her face that just says, China has a penis. Oh. And there's a moment where you can see her, just she, she sees it. And, oh. and there's like a little quiver of the lip. And it's just oh, like, you mean bastard. You ruined the prom. I fucking hate Attitude Era fans. Throw pig's blood on her and it's like, <laughs> don't China telekinetic fight Jimmy. China China Eddie don't worry your parents have been called and will be here since <laughs> so S.A. Rios coming out with Lita yeah finally, hey. finally she's here Lita who was because she spent time in Mexico was given a Latino gimmick despite the fact that she is not she's, Latina yeah, she's not <laughs> you know the Latin people with their red hair it yeah. fooled me as a kid I'll be honest Alright, so who's S.A. Rios? Because I've never heard of him. I told you, yeah. Is he, is he Midian? Because he said it was someone we've seen before. Midian. So I'm guessing it's Midian. It's always Midian. <laughs> it, it's, it, we haven't seen this guy since the very first episode of the podcast, Billy. Is it, is it Aquila? Yes. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Aquila. Aguila. Oh, right. Aguila, yeah. Um, I, was, I was also going to ask, is Lita Lady S.A. Rios? Or is S.A. Rios Man Lita? <laughs> <laughs> it's a gender swap from yeah. Tumblr. Is like, I like that, yeah. That works. <laughs> That's good. Liros could be Lirios. Lirios could, could be their uh, shit name. Yeah, 
Alrighty. Well, it's quite funny coming out at say Rios. You know, he came in with a little bit of fanfare, but the fact that the camera is just on Lita, yeah. and the only thing they talk about is Lita, it's like... Can you guess which one of these people is going to be here in six months? Yeah, guess who's going to be Mark Merrows? <laughs> His entrance music is so generic. Mm. They've got a Latino guy, so let's put a little bit of mariachi music with a bit of a beat on it. That's your music, mate. It is genuinely like they found this great new uh, female wrestler called Lita. And they were like, but, uh, how do we write her into the storyline? I was like, um, well, okay, we'll get one of those disposable wrestlers and we'll bring him in for a month or two and then Lita can do her own thing afterwards. Like, SA is kind of like, he's a bit screwed from the get-go because like he's really young. He was only 19 in WrestleMania 14 when we saw him. Oh, wow. Very young. I think he's the youngest man to compete at WrestleMania. But yeah, so he's only around 21 here. Yeah. Can't speak English. Yeah, that's going to really limit you. And there's some legendary stories of matches. I think there was one with Christian where, yeah, old uh, S.A. Rios can't get the uh, the verbiage out and there's a bit of miscommunication. No more so is evident the start of this match. The first five minutes of this match, S.A. just fucks up. Move yeah. after move after move. All over the place. And China beats him up. So it's like S.A. Gets, fucks up and then gets beaten up. Then yeah. fucks up and then gets beaten up. How is this happening? You both speak Spanish. Yeah, that's a good point. I assume he's been put with no more than Sincara with Chavo. It's kind of yeah. like, right, fucking try at least. That's a good point. I don't know. He nearly kills Eddie Guerrero at one point. He does a he does kind of a theatrical flip where he, you know Eddie's meant to fly over him. He overshoots yeah. him. Eddie goes right into the ropes. Dangerous. But he also nearly destroys his knees by doing a um, a moonsault. And his knees just land on the table, on the announce oh, table. He just lands fuck. knees down, just making an almighty thump on it. Oh, Jesus. He, he nearly kills himself several times. And Eddie Guerrero is like, every time, every second move from Eddie is a shit can outside. He just keeps fucking him out over yeah. and over again. A little bit of a hothead is Eddie in this one. China pushes Lita off the top rope to the outside. Lita takes the sickest bump of the evening, I think. Yeah, in her debut. <laughs> she goes right off the top and lands right on the front of yeah. her face. It's sick. Hideous. Asahi Moonsault by S.A. Rios. Now we're talking. China crotches S.A. And then a fucking superplex. That's four. Five attempts. Unbelievable. Brainbuster by Eddie. Goes for the frog splash, but uh, we get a nice move from S.A. as he goes to the top rope and does a uh, Lucha Libre style arm drag off the top. Oh, great move. Eddie Guerrero puts the knees up when S.A. goes for his moonsault, and then he gets the gory bomb, beautiful spinning crucifix neckbreaker at the end. Eddie Guerrero wins. Yes. Um, damp finish, I thought. It's yeah. like, had he used that move much before this? Kind of it's associated with the Guerrero name, but it's not the frog splash. No, yeah, it's the mean. If he did the frog splash, well, everyone would have popped and like, you know, he would have got a one, two, three, yay! But I mean... <laughs> It was like the streak ending at WrestleMania 30. It was just one, two, three. Like, you just compare S.A. Rios versus Eddie It's the same thing, mate. Same reaction from the crowd. Better work rate, mate. Like, you know, China comes in. Oh my God, Eddie. You did. You, did. you beat S.A. Rios. Flashes of brilliance, but the match was too short to overcome S.A.'s botches and yeah. try to kill himself and Eddie in this one. And then Lita just rips China's clothes off. She does. She, yeah. she's China's, her the, China's the one female wrestler you don't do that to, in my well, mind. The, the first thing because is because she's the one. Like if you did that to China, she'd kick your fucking head. Yeah, you wouldn't get away. And with her it. reaction is so un-China. Her reaction is oh oh. She who cares? She smiles. She smiles and she gets like kind of polite applause. Yeah. It's like 
You certainly are a woman in her underwear. Yeah, I'll be honest, like, they were making a big deal out of it. Like, oh my god, China's in her underwear. It's like, mate, she fucking wears underwear as her ring attire. She, wears, she yeah. wears less than that for it's her just, ring attire. It's, it's colour slapped to baby blue. Like, <laughs> and, but, like, she does get her revenge, though. The next night, Lita comes out wearing her dress. It's funny because, like, the dress is way too big. <laughs> She's got all, like, bits of tape and, like, tissue paper in it. And China, yeah, she, she steals it back. Because, as we all know in wrestling, if a lady strips a lady, the other lady has to strip her. Or else she dies. Or they have to fight in a pint of gravy. Something like... Oh. A pint? <laughs> a pool of Maybe gravy. you pay more than a pint. <laughs> Backstage, coaches with game and Steph and hummus and vegetables. No one's touched them! I didn't catch a word of this promo because the camera would like, you know, focus on Triple H and Stephanie and then it would zoom out a little bit and the only thing it would zoom out to reveal is this massive salad just in the middle of the room. <laughs> I just couldn't help it. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Backstage, go no. to the caterers with tears in his eyes. They didn't touch the croutons. <laughs> he didn't like the croutons. Basically, Triple H, because a pretty sweet promo here, it was kind of like, forget Austin, forget Vince. I've been like unstoppable for the last, you know, X amount of months. And it was a really good promo from Triple H. But when it zoomed out, it's Vince, Vince is there. Vince is there. <laughs> You're goddamn right near the game. You know? <laughs> uh, Vince uh, alludes to saying that there's going to be no Austin tonight, basically. Yeah. Which, Which means he will be there. He's, he's on his way, mate. Definitely. In definitely traffic. Here. Mm. Backstage, Mickey C is with Crispy Wah. Fucking hell, Cole's hair. <laughs> he looks a state, doesn't he? There was a long time, I think a lot of the heat for Cole that he's had over the years can be attributed to this haircut. Well, he looks yeah, like he such looks a like dog. a knob, doesn't he? <laughs> Seriously, it's such an asshole. Frosted tips, like. Yeah. His hair looks like cereal, it's fucking shit. <laughs> Benoit cuts a pretty scary promo. He does. Chris Jericho likes to compare the crippler to a robot. <laughs> well, the difference between me and a robot is I have emotions. And I'm going to thoroughly enjoy expressing my emotions all over Chris Jericho and all the Jericho-holics here at the MCI Center tonight. Chris Jericho, a word of warning. Inside, you're looking at the happiest man on the earth right now because I know exactly what I'm going to do to Chris Jericho. And believe me, I'm going to take a lot of pleasure in doing it. Scary, but the, I don't know, just the ending line made me laugh with the way he... I have emotions. He, he can't wait express to... express my emotions all over you. All so over Chris Jericho. your passion for this business. Maybe I've got a childish mind, but expressing your emotions all over somebody is a little weird. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Benoit is so fucking scary here. Oh, I yeah. Mean, come on. Best damn technical wrestler. Yeah. He's, he's been put over strong since winning the IC belt. Whole gimmick says he's the best technical wrestler in WWF. Prove me wrong. No one can. And the crossface and his vicious style is just put him over as an absolute fucking brick shithouse. Yeah. And this match, I am so looking forward to. Arguably, this could have should have been a WrestleMania. YTJ taking on Chris Benoit. First of many encounters between these two for the Intercontinental Belts. Oh! I think this might be my favourite rivalry of the Attitude Era. Like, I mean, from a nostalgia point of view, I might be wrong looking back, but mm. from what I remember, these two have some of the best fucking matches. Jericho, massively over at the moment. We had a very famous episode of Raw a few weeks before this, which was Jericho winning, seemingly winning the WWF belt on one night. Uh, you know, he was taken to making fun of Stephanie, calling her all sorts of names. Triple H is like... You can't call my wife a slut. <laughs> and they uh, have a match for the title end because Jericho is the APA and 
Earl Hebner, who'd been pushed around by the regime, you know, stands up to them and does a fast count. Jericho wins the belt for a brief period. He has to give it back before the night is over. And Hebner gets fired and beaten up. It's a great episode of Raw. Check it out sometime. That was the first episode of Raw I ever watched live. That was the first time I actually sat down and watched Raw. And it started off like that and I was over the moon. But then when Triple H comes back out and he's like, that was the first count, blah, 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 and gets the belt back, I nearly cried storytelling that is best such like. a great one-off episode which stands alone by itself with its own story Jericho arguably could have gotten the bell for a little bit at this time in the kind of yeah. post-WrestleMania haze he's over as fuck here and it's, it's great when he comes out the crowd erupt which is one of the biggest reactions of the night sorry just going back for a second now I just wanted to like, has there been many instances of there being like one-shot episodes of Raw where there's just like the kind of the a self-contained stuff. story I would argue the Mick Foley winning the title for the first yeah, time is that's quite that's true I yeah. mean, we mentioned before several episodes of Raw one of the strengths of Attitude Era Raw is particularly the, the older Russo ones in 98, 99 is that there was kind of a recurring theme. It's like, Austin's going to come tonight, or, mm. you know, McMahon is in the hospital. They would always come back to stuff throughout yeah. the show. You don't get that these days with Raw. No, nah, certainly not. So, YTJ cuts a hellaciously funny promo. Calls Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit. I think that's quite possibly my favourite mispronunciation by Jericho. <laughs> Benoit. That and Kirk Angel. Yeah. Calling Val Venus the Big Lebowski. <laughs> I quite like as well. The start of this match, amazing technical chain wrestling from these two. They fucking cut loose here. Uh, early on, because Jericho refers to boring people who are robotic, like Chris Benoit, to politicians. To which King refers to Benoit as being like Al Gore. It shows passion for the environment. Gonna take these CO2 levels. Gonna make an example out of you. Monday night, I'm gonna show you an inconvenient truth. I will express the Kyoto Agreement all over you. (laughs) Yeah, kind of a weird one there. Benoit's Prove Me One gimmick is so awesome, and it's just, oh, the grappling here. Hard hitting. Yeah. It's Japanese style almost, you could say. What are Benoit and Jericho having for their dinner? It's only bloody chops. The amount of chops in this match. My you know what? Your heart out. Oh, seriously! Everyone, I mean, I defy you. Benoit's chops in this. No one does a chop like him. Because no, he, just... he proper reaches back with his arm and then lays it all out. Because when someone does a chop, it goes one of two ways. It hits you at the side and makes that thud noise, or mm. it hits the wood spread out, and makes the clap noise. Benoit does the thud, but he does it so loud it still makes that slap noise. Yeah. They look. Vicious. So vicious. Oh, God. Rolling Germans as well from uh, from Benoit early on, which is a move which, you know, we haven't got to see before. Unbelievable. Beautiful stuff. Benoit misses a dive to the outside and a great sequence involving the ring steps and Jericho drop-kicking them. Brilliant. Benoit remains in control for most of this one. Snug action between these two. They have, like, just this immediate chemistry. Mm. It's like two WCW guys wrestling a WWF style. And it not sticking out like a sore thumb. This is mid-card perfection. Like These guys were just meant to be put together and to feud over the IC belt. This is your mid-card. It's fucking beautiful. Jericho, with the comeback, hits the lion salt. And the two of them are down to a double count of nine. And it's just brilliant because you just you get, because they're hitting each other so hard, you get the feeling that they are just two lads who are in a fight. And yeah. they're fucking exhausted. And then when they fire up and hit quick in the pace again after this, yeah. it's just even more, they feel tired Benoit looks, you know, drained. Jericho looks beat up. Jericho goes for the triangle dropkick and Benoit just swats him out of the air. And uh, top rope backdrop, which is kind of another superplex, I suppose. Uh, Yeah, that counts. Uh, Benoit reverses it. Fucking stiff. Oh, God, these two hurt each other. Double powerbomb by Chris Jericho. (laughs) 
And I think he decides halfway through that he is not Rey Mysterio. Oh, yeah, my God. He, Chris Jericho has no business lifting someone up as heavy as Benoit for double powerbombs. No, yeah, yeah, he has definitely. no business doing that, and he does a fucking great job of it. You sound angry, Billy. He's like, I'm worried. He, he looks like he's about, <laughs> he's his legs are going to fall off. Yeah. He looks like he's going to bend completely in half. Benoit gets the crossface locked in. Jericho manages to fight out, but fuck me, the crossface is just vicious maneuver. Walls in Jericho! Benoit gets to the ropes. Jesus Christ, these guys are hitting everything. Then we get a ref bump, and Benoit just goes straight to the gold and decks Jericho. Two count only, though. Oh, my goodness. Air Canada off the top rope, and then Jericho, in a fucking sick moment, makes me cringe to watch it, goes for Air Canada off the top, holds the gold up, and Benoit's face just goes bam. Straight into it. And Benoit breaks his nose. Yeah, it looks hideous. Ref DQ's Jericho kind of controversial finish this is one of these matches where me talking about it cannot do it justice check this one out it's fucking incredible if it wasn't for a DQ finish I would say this is one of my favourite matches yeah. yeah and even so the DQ finish didn't really spoil it too much because you know this is only it's the more first it did for the crowd the boo oh yeah they hate Tim White don't they and yeah. Jim Ross is like that decision sucks <laughs> uh, Jericho puts the referee Tim White in the lion tamer after yeah, this there's, there's a bit though when he's, he's Tim White's balancing on his head and it looks like one slight movement from Jericho and his neck is gone yeah and all the referees are coming trying to Takes pull him off. Takes four referees. <laughs> and Jericho, his eyes just he's bugged. His eyes are bugged out. And you know, it's like this moment is like, you know what? He's not just the goofy guy anymore who makes silly jokes. He is actually like, he's got an edge. He's he's a he's capable of like moments of great aggression. He looks like a fucking badass. Shades here. of Ken Shamrock. At yes, the end. Yeah. Yeah. definitely. And yeah. that's the character that we've been missing greatly. So I'm loving this new side of Jericho. Yeah, look at all like I love the putting over. It's like, oh, he's going to get fined for that one. But yeah. it just shows you that Jericho is like at a loose end. It's awesome. Coming up next, looks like it's a six-man tag. It's not. It's just the main event and there's loads of people in it. <laughs> it's The Rock with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Shane McMahon is the guest referee taking on Triple H who has got Stephanie McMahon and Vince McMahon in their corner. Holy crap. McMahon's still bleeding. He's got the steel chair. He'll take out Triple H. Someone in his corner. Stone Cold Steve Austin! 
that Stone Cold was going to be here tonight. Recap of the betrayal there? It's no sense, really. No. No. no explanation. I was really hoping this package would sort of explain to me what was going on here, but I'm still none the wiser. Like, the general, like, the there was a cool promo with Vince, and he was like, you know, Rock, the only reason you're a star is because of me. And he alludes to, you know, Survivor Series yeah. 98 and the McMahon family helping him and protecting him. So, you know, if it wasn't for me, you might have been like... You know, you might have been a Doink the Clown or an Al Snow or, you know, but you wouldn't yeah. have been The Rock and he thinks The Rock is ungrateful and it's kind of making out like no one who I've ever made a star has been grateful. Mm. Like, you know, like, you know, Hogan left him, yeah. Brett left him, Sean left and he's kind of like, no one's, and he can take it out on The Rock. Yeah. And that is me reading into it a little bit and filling in some of the gaps. That might be a bit of a stretch, I think, yeah. But it doesn't explain why he's really aligned with... No, with there, the there's no need for him to be back with Triple H again. Again, you know, you just go, what, Vince loves power and he recognises that his daughter and son-in-law and he's such an asshole that he's willing to side with him. But the hatred for the Rock isn't enough to forgive what his daughter and son-in-law have done to him. But eventually it does come to a point where, like you said earlier, Billy, when you said, um, because Attitude Era, like, yeah. that is actually right, though. Mm. I mean, It I, is. And after a little re- while, I just stopped caring. Just like, yeah, it is what I, it is. I don't understand why we brought Austin back into it either. Because that just seems to be done something It's funny, isn't it? This is, again, it's like, they're, like, they didn't do it in WrestleMania. Do they not realise how much people want to see The Rock versus Triple H? Yeah. Because we've been wanting for a long time. And mm. yeah, they, have, they think, like, you didn't need Austin in the middle yeah. no. And I'll say it now: the anticipation for Austin ruins this match for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I mean it sort of dampens the actual because yeah. this should be about Rock versus Triple H, but it's more about Austin's going to come back. Well, wait, there is a where is Austin? Yeah. Yeah. there's Austin. a problem in the Attitude Era, and it was like it, it was something that you know the likes of Mick Foley, Rock, any upper mid, upper card guy who wasn't Austin. If they knew Austin was going to be there, you can only stall so long before yeah. people would start chanting Austin. But you're saying, yeah, long attitude era doesn't necessarily need to make a lot of sense. And you're right, mainly because we've got angry rock now. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And, and he's like, he's so, he want, he wants to get Vince. The whole promo package, he's shown him trying to get his hands on Vince for screwing him over WrestleMania because he should have won. And mm. man, there's money to be made in the rock being Seriously. angry. Like he had like a lot of, you know, the full force of the the regime being pressed on him now. And it's, it's, you see Austin happen to him and Foley. But now it's interesting seeing The Rock. You know, The Rock's in the handicap matches now, or the matches where his career's on the line. And He used to be the guy that was being... He was basically in Triple H's position a year ago. Yeah. He was the bad guy that was watching it all happen from a distance. And now it's happening to him. It's brilliant. And, like, you know, they had this handicap cage match where Bossman and Bull Buchanan, you know, beat the shit out of The Rock. And then, like, they all, all the regime came in and they beat, like, The Rock, like, completely beaten down, covered in blood. Ah. And, you know, I love The Rock. And The Rock is so entertaining and so funny that I'll cheer from Eugene no matter what. That being said, it's nice to have The Rock kind of go, like, fuck it, he needs to get revenge. Yeah. And he's been taken advantage of. Fucking love this. 
what they did decide to do was bring back Steve Austin. Linda was like, make things fair, bring back Austin. We got some really funny segments with uh, like the Manhattan regime being paranoid that Austin was back. Oh yeah, like they were going hunting for him backstage, and like they beat up a guy, but it's some bald dude with a goatee. Well, there's a cardboard cutout in the doorway. Yeah, or like yeah. there was when, like Shane came in, it was just a room full of beer cans, <laughs> and he's like running through, like he's not here. Like Austin did finally appear on the SmackDown, and his big truck which said Austin deconstruction on it, and conveniently he was sat down, so you could not see the weight he has put on. <laughs> More on that later. But he's like, oh hell, some people are good at making things, I like blowing shit up. Blew up the DX Express. Yeah. And he's like, that's what's gonna happen if you get in my way. Oh hell yeah, we're gonna blow him up like. <laughs> it's just, I, I really don't like that moment. Because it's so blatantly fake. Oh, when, when, <laughs> you know when it, you know, like it's when he, when, when, yeah, when yeah. he f- uh, filled um, a man's car full of cement. 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 That's that's that, real. That's, that was, that's that was real. Cement. What what you see here is a slow motion round uh, cylinder hit the top of the van. Then that van explodes from the inside. Yeah. It looked like the it's, beginning it's, of Brainiac. It, and, it's, <laughs> and it's blatantly not exploded because of this well you see Billy what you hadn't seen the full segment what Austin explains is that actually he rigged up a bomb inside the DX Express <laughs> first and he just detonated it at the same time well, basically what Austin did was he gave it a firm tap on the front and exploded <laughs> like I mean maybe he was doing them a favour blowing it up I mean yeah. like oh, maybe like... they left the gas on so if they because <laughs> you know what DX like if they if they, if they, if they sparked up something like, for, for instance a herbal cigarette a herbal cigarette <laughs> And they could have all been blown up. Austin saved them. Austin the men, when, saved when they blew up as well, Steph, he was like, I had some great memories in that bus. I made out with my husband there. Oh, I for <laughs> lame. So but lame. Realistically, the only thing that happened in that van was smoking weed and having sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing that happened. Backstage, The Rock is with Mickey C. Promo time. Well, The Rock says this about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold could be in D.C. Stone Cold could be in Texas. Stone Cold could be two minutes away from the building. The Rock doesn't know. But what The Rock does know, what The Rock can count on, what you can count on, what everybody can count on, is that The Rock can guarantee he's made the promise of the promise of the promise to the people. Is that tonight at Backlash, The Rock is walking out, WWF Champion, Triple H, The Rock says this, it doesn't matter who he has to go through, how many McMahons he has to go through, he will go through them, he will go through you, The Rock is making history, and The Rock is making history now, if you smell what The Rock is cooking. Oh, Good as ever, yeah. fucking hell. Love you, Rock. Fucking love you. It's weird. Like every time I have a rock promo, I'm always running out of things to say because like, no, it's, let it speak for itself. Exactly. Yeah, we've just gushed about these enough as it is. The Rock did a promo and it was beyond amazing, and yeah, it made me happy to be there. And I, at the end of that promo package, and then The Rock's promo, I was so psyched for this. Yep. And I, yeah, I didn't care about the you know the bits of the story that didn't add up and things like that. I was just like, no, this match is just about the match. Fucking awesome. Shane O'Mac comes out. Boo, boo, boo. Like, yeah. the heat that these people have is crazy. Such a good crowd. And Triple H comes out with the McMahons and the fucking look on his face. Yeah. He just looks pissed off. Yeah. I love Triple H. This is like, I think, 
I don't say Triple H peaked here, but I think this is Triple H at his, at his best. Yeah, and I, I, again, I think I'm reading in too much into it now, but the look on Triple H's face is almost like, for fuck's sake, as if it's come to this. Like, yeah. I really have to have two people in my corner and a special referee because of this prick. He's got all the McMahons now. Yeah, he's got the full set. Like, at the, at the end of the last few it was a McMahon in every corner. Now it's three quarters of the McMahons in one person's <laughs> corner. You don't need that many McMahons. Nah, that's greedy. It's I'm, but you know what they're all good talkers and all entertaining mm-hmm. and all of them will take a bump so I suppose it doesn't matter having non wrestlers like that. Vince McMahon cuts a promo. Is this one familiar to anyone? The card's only bloody subject to change. Yeah. Last time we had this, it was with Undertaker, and then before so that, King of the Ring as well. Was it the one where Brooklyn Brawler was going to be Stone Cold's partner? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Oh, he loves he loves his card subject to change speech. But uh, yeah, he pulled out the old the old promo book with scary looking Jericho on it. So yeah, yeah they're kind of they're telling you here right before the main event begins, which is like to your point, Billy, which is like. Right, match is about to start. By the way, Austin's not here. Get pissed off. And the crowd do grumble quite a bit for that. So, but there's so many Austin chants throughout this. And it just makes me question. Yeah, it's all well and good it being having the funny segments of is Austin here, is Austin not here. Would it have not been better for literally everybody involved if it was a secret and then towards the end of the match, the glass shattered. Well, You're I think so the, right. the problem, though, is the whole point of this was that you know, they sold this pay-per-view on the back of Austin. WrestleMania 2000 didn't do spectacular buy-wise. But, but still, people want to see Rock versus Triple H. It's like you said. I reckon if right. they never mentioned... So I think Austin being here altogether is kind of like... I don't think Austin... Austin I think the anticipation see, an entire pay-per-view waiting for Austin has so ruined true. this match. Yeah. Uh, but see, you're, you're backed into a corner here. You can't have Austin mid neck surgery recovery Austin who's put on a lot of weight stand with his hands on his hips wearing his fucking jeans for a 40 minute match I, I don't even have that have Austin exactly come back but Austin's not go- I mean Austin's not going to show up unadvertised though you know to come out like if he because he's putting himself out coming up here tonight I think him showing up unannounced it's like I think he'd like to feel that he put some people in the seats I think Billy's right though if, I mean like you say it wouldn't happen but it would have made a much better match if because Austin's it, return was a this, big surprise. This match has now been made about not about Rock and Triple H who put on a really good show. They put on a really, really good I match. I think this match it is becomes, awesome. It becomes more about when's Austin getting here. Mm, yeah. And that's all, it's very evident, apart from a couple of spots, that's all the audience care about. Yeah, it's not, I, it's not I, a problem no, with the match. I, 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 gotta, I think you're taking that too far. I don't. I think that they, got, they put on a great match, but the crowd, it's not as if they ignore the spots or they don't cheer. They're into the match, and it's a fucking awesome match. Yeah, but it just feels more like when Triple H is taking advantage and doing dirty tactics, rather than them just booing Triple H, they just start chanting Austin because yeah. they're expecting Austin to show up. And, you know, it's kind of they've had the big surprise spoiled for them in advance almost. I suppose out of all the scenarios, if they were insisting on having Austin, this was just like the one that was like that was easiest or made yeah. sense for them. Like, But it's hard hitting stuff, and even though the crowd have like their mind elsewhere at times. I think this is like Shane playing the screwy ref and The Rock is just reacts so perfectly to everything he does. And the two of these ads, they fucking go hard hit. Like, never mind Jericho and Benoit, these ads go really fucking hard. Oh, like, yeah. Tight, snappy stuff. Triple H, he goes down and up. He had such a fucking pace in this thing. He really fucking sells well for The Rock. It's the second year in a row we've had the WrestleMania quality match a month later than it should have been. Because they have a big stare down at the spot. And yeah. it's like, this is meant to be WrestleMania. That's, that, exactly. This feels so much like what WrestleMania should have been. I wonder been. what's Again. happened these past two years where they've just fucked up the WrestleMania main event. Let's hope they don't fuck up the next WrestleMania main event. What, 17. Yeah. But rubbish, mate. Oh, yeah. Don't even bother watching it, like. <laughs> 
Triple H gains control early because of Shane's screwiness and Vince like lays into the rock as Triple H and Shane McMahon are hugging in the ring. <laughs> what heels? Sleeper hold by Triple H. Glagay. <laughs> And yeah, it's a long, it's a vi- it's a vicious sleeper. Like he has them in, he's like jumping up and down, yeah. legs on the ropes, big old beat down on the rock. Vince then gets a belt shed shot in on the rock. The screwiness on display, not even subtle. And then it's great. It's like once he gets to a certain point, Shane just goes fuck it and starts doing the fast counts. Yeah, and it's like hard mode has been engaged. <laughs> Loads of Tetris blocks are coming out. We're like ah, you know, like it's really like intense all of a sudden. That's great because the Rock even kicks out of a fast count. He's that good. Like, yeah, you know, even if it's like a one-two kick out, he'll still get you. It's brilliant. Rock makes his comeback, clears the ring, and as he's doing it, Triple H hurts his arm and. Uh, he sells it for the rest of the match. It's really fucking good. Like. Oh, well spotted. I didn't well, see yeah, that. Yeah, no, it just, you know, Triple H, again, he's just, he's so impressive around this time. Mm. I think he, he gets, there's a nice give and take between him and The Rock. DDT, but Shane will not count and Triple H is out and like, it, it should be a three count and Shane's just like, Nope, just like Survivor Series 98. <laughs> Minus the fingers. And for all his grumbling throughout, Jim Ross is gold here. Count yeah. him! Count him! <laughs> you son of a bitch, count him! Head outside, Triple H tries to put Rock through a table. Rock gets Triple H up for the rock bottom. Shane comes up, he's like, no! <laughs> I have no idea what Shane was expecting to happen here. <laughs> Fucking double rock bottom, mate. Yeah. But it's a cool moment. They managed to stand there with the two of them in the rock bottom position. Thus proving that Shane McMahon and Triple H combined weigh less than Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> Double rock bottom explodes the table. Yeah. Amazing. Massive I mean, it just looks like when they're all ri- writhing around the floor, it just looks like they're all giving a little hug, like a, a post-coitus hug. <laughs> just all, like, give him a little kiss rock, Rock's cheek. got a cigarette, like, you know. <laughs> oh, fuck, was that as good for you as it was for me? <laughs> Shane's like, I don't know, I don't like being on top like that. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> and you know what I'll say right, after that spot? Grant me this much. They weren't fucking chanting Austin, they were chanting no. holy shit. Yeah, that's true, yeah. You know? They, they hit their marks here. Vince McMahon actually as well just has the perfect O face. <laughs> the other guys are like laid out. It's Chris Vince going, ah! <laughs> Two guys through a table. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H uh, heads back into the ring and the, like, the Rock is going after him and Vince just blindsides them. He's like taunting them and Rock turns around and Nothing like more than Vince being caught red-handed by The Rock because The Rock's eyes look like they're about to explode yeah. out of his head and Vince is like... Rock, buddy. <laughs> Come on, guy. Triple H is the pedigree, but Shane is completely out of it. So Vince calls Patterson and Briscoe these two round old men. Fucking two contestants from Bullseye come out with their, their tightest shirts jogging out to the ring. For fuck's sake, lads. When this happened, this was the moment I was fully expecting the glass to shatter. For Vince to start beckoning in a new ref and then the glass to shatter. Oh, yeah. Austin running out in the ref shirt. He just like carrying Patterson and Briscoe's heads or something. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is fucking, this is insane. Patterson and Briscoe work over the rock. Yeah, they yeah. keep the shit out of him. Vince the Seriously. fuck out of him. And Vince leathers him with a chair. What's going on? He's an old man. And it's like, who is going to save the rock from these old men? Gee, who? <laughs>
Night Shadows. Holy fuck. That pop, guys. Holy fuck. Right, there's two trains of thought we want to talk on here. One is Austin being awesome. Yeah. Two, the very obvious thing to talk about Austin. Which will we talk about first? Let's go with Austin being awesome first. Okay, Austin comes out with a chair and he fucking leathers everything that moves. Oh knows. my yes. god. Gets trips, Patterson, Bri- Briscoe takes an unprotected headshot. Oh, oh, so Then Shane, then Vince, and then trips again. Unbelievable. And the whole time, Jim Ross is just, Austin, Austin, <laughs> Austin, Austin. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And you know what? That is. One of my favourite moments of the Attitude Era yeah. for the reaction, what he does. Austin can't hit a stunner, you can tell straight away. Yeah. Which may lead us into the other school of thought. Everything we said there holds true. But when they called Stone Cold to come in here, he was a few months into a recovery from a very serious neck surgery. And in Austin's own words, he was he was hitting the whiskey and cheeseburgers hard. <laughs> And it, he's not—he's not the Steve. You don't have an action figure of this Steve Austin. Is he's, all I'm he's looking a bit puffy, isn't he? Got, uh, got a few jokes there. Go yeah. nuts. Backlash, more like fat lash. <laughs> <laughs> or flab lash. Take yeah. your pick out of those two. Back flat. Uh, so back fat ninety. Ba- back fat back ninety-nine. Fat 2000. Stone Cold Steve Slothston. <laughs> and uh, Stone Cold, more like eighteen Stone Cold. <laughs> Holy shit. After all this is done, he just walks away. Linda and Earl come out. He gives Linda a little m'lady. <laughs> but like, nod and then just goes. He waddles back to him from whence he came. There is a story... <laughs> all, which, all right, there's a story that just makes this so ridiculous. Because Austin, after his neck surgery, he had to wear the uh, the brace. Yeah, the neck brace. Now, as he, by his own admission, he was fond of the old burgers at the time. <laughs> and there was one time he said he was coming back like in his pickup truck, wearing his giant neck brace, <laughs> driving on the highway. He's got his four double jalapeno burgers, whatever. <laughs> and he's eating into them. And because of the neck brace, he can't swallow properly. <laughs> For fuck's now, sake. Austin's going 90 on the fucking highway, and all of a sudden he starts choking. <laughs> and in his own word, he's like, oh, hell, don't let old Stone Cold die with a mouthful of cheeseburger. <laughs> Oh God! Turns into Chief Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Twelve, ten years old, and you're kind of going, "Boy, I hope Steve Austin comes back." Uh, and you read news: "Sorry, kids, your hero died full of burgers." <laughs> <laughs> I would have, oh, I would have stopped watching wrestling. This podcast wouldn't. Exist. My childhood would have ended at that moment. Oh. Steve Austin, God bless your esophagus is all I'm saying. <laughs> Fuck me, man. You got that shit down, like. Oh, man. But, yeah, um, Earl Hebner is brought out with Linda. And Earl, of course, who had been fired, he'd been reinstated by Linda to come in and make the three counts. The Rock gets the people's elbow.
That was perfect. That little bit there. Great ending. Like, in terms of a... Because you get that kind of stuff on Raw a lot. You know, we've talked about a lot of the big moments on Raw with the big yeah. reactions like... Uh, the beer truck or you know the zamboni or in terms of like a big austin fucking thing that happens you're right you rarely get on a pay-per-view and we got it right here pay-per-views are more about great matches not really like you know moments that you remember so much but this was like an absolute classic moment in wwf austin tows the dx express remnants in and shares a beer with the rock i thought for something something, uh, for a second something was going to happen because when Austin comes out, you either you either getting a beer or you're getting a stunner. Yeah. And they have that little stare off, and then you know nudges the belt of the beer, gives him a beer. Happy days. So great. And as a kid, that was the fucking greatest. You know it's guys. like Batman and Superman you know shaking these, hands. Exactly. Yeah, you know these guys have had such beef in the past. Yeah. You think is this going to carry on? Is this going to carry and on? And they're not like Doesn't best mates. It's kind of like a they respect good each job. Other. You did a really good, good yeah. job. Good job. I'll be back. Like yeah. Keep that um, thing warm for me. What, his burgers? Would <laughs> <laughs> be funny instead of throwing him a beer, just threw him a few burgers, <laughs> threw a few pizzas, milkshakes. Austin, I love you. Oh my god, what a fucking pay per view. I back in last two thousand, um, you know, I went on a we went on a length about Royal Rumble being great, but bar one you know, one or two slightly fat matches. Compared to WrestleMania, night and day, this was an awesome show. So fucking great. What I a really great enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, I think it gets marred the main events. The whole Austin thing was. Uh, it's sad that we don't get the Rocket Triple H here without any of the overshadowing. But yeah, you know what? We've got an Iron Man match with these two at the next pay per view. Oh really? So I think yeah, your I fears will be. We have an hour of in-ring action Jesus. between the Rocket and Triple H. So yeah, we got that to forward to. What do you think of it, Billy? Adam? Enjoyed it. Yeah. Really enjoyed this pay per view. A uh, couple of matches that weren't very good. You know, the the hardcore championship. Hardcore spectacular. But I'm just expecting. I'm just expecting that from now on. Mm. So my mantra for the rest of the hardcore championship on pay per view is: treat it like it's going to be shit. That way, you can't be disappointed. I've been <laughs> disappointed by the past two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, uh, it can only get better from there, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think you, you mentioned as well. We watched a bit of this this evening. You were mentioning like compared to like even Backlash '98, '99, the difference in like everything, everything. Style. Yeah. I mean, compared presentation, lighting, yeah. camera work, the roster, the style of wrestling feels like a different show Just, now. Yeah, feel like the difference between 1998 and 2000. And think about 2012, 2014. Yeah. You can't it's, make a discernible difference. nowhere near a bigger difference these yeah. days. That's very true. So There's been so much evolution. Yeah. I think it's yes, one a short thing, time. I, the, the Attitude Era in itself is it's such a loose term because it's, such, it's the product wildly varies. Like I, I, I quite liked what the way you referred to it at the start of 2000 as being this is the second wind yeah. of the Attitude Era. And this is my Attitude Era. This is where I Attitude Era, the college years. Yeah, yeah. This is the Because I'm standing at the edge of tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no chilling how far we go. <laughs> this is the absolute peak of like yeah. perfect WWF now, I think. Such goal. I marked out and had the best time ever watching this as a kid. And I had the best time ever watching it many years later. It holds N- up. Nostalgia be damned. Chris Kresge's writing style and the in-ring wrestling you know, that you see on these shows more than hold up. Mm. Maybe some of the, you know, the stuff at the tables that we mentioned, but other than that, yeah. Fucking awesome job, Backlash 2000. Match of the night, MVP, Adam. Uh, match of the night, easily Rock versus Triple H. Mm. Mostly because not only do these guys always have a great match when they're together, but this 
it just really felt like you know the WWF were like oh sorry about WrestleMania here's what you wanted like they did like, last year yeah. yeah exactly it's the same thing all over again but it does still mean that we're getting a hell of a match out of it mm. MVP my honourable mention for match of the night would have to be Scotty versus Dean Malenko yeah. undoubtedly and so my MVP actually is Dean Malenko um, awesome mostly because I don't think anyone was really expecting that match to be anything you know sublime or particularly stellar. It didn't need to be like outrageously great or whatever. It spoke for itself. It didn't have much of a story to rely on. Exactly, it was yeah. just about what was and in the ring. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was just a light heavyweight title match. I don't think they really needed to push the boat out so much, but Dean Malenko, like, I think he really brought the best out of Scotty Too Hotty, and they put on such a fucking good match. Again, check that match out, people. It's Please. fucking brilliant. Billy, match of the night, MVP. Match of the night, uh, despite the somewhat lacklustre finish, uh, Ben Jericho. Mm, I think that was my favourite match of the night. Awesome. Absolutely great match. Told a great story, and it just shows you how brutal uh, Ben is and how brutal they're making him look. Because mm. yeah. obviously it's a mixture of the two. MVP kind of have to echo Adam but go the other side special mention to Malenko but MVP purely because nobody goes into this pay-per-view and thinks Scotty Too Hotty yeah, is going to steal the show going to have a good match and not fuck up at all and yeah Scotty Too Hotty is my MVP I think you know, Gary those guys stole the show on a match in a, with a, on a pay-per-view that has so many good matches yeah that's really such a, it, look, it, it looks like such a throwaway match because like you said it's for the, the light heavyweight championship a belt which means nothing yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot more investment in it now. Yeah, Kevin? Um, match of the night, it's hard because there's three. I love the main event. I love Benoit Jericho and I love the Scotty Dean match. Probably going to go with the main event. I literally just saw that. I mean, it, I'm so torn between the main event and those other two. But yeah. I think I'll just go with the main event because it had that moment at the end. Yeah. There was a nice bit of over-the-topness to it. That being said, Benoit and Jericho was easily one of my favourite matches I've, I've seen since starting. MVP, I'm going to give to Steve Austin, mainly because if it's one of those situations where the man was like, he putting on a neck brace the second he came back through that curtain and taking one off before he went out, and, you know, he couldn't do a stunner, he couldn't do anything, and he managed to pop the crowd. Because imagine Steve, my worry was when I saw him coming out, because he's not in shape and he's, no. he's not healthy. I didn't want Steve Austin to come back and be shit. Because imagine Steve Austin came back and he slipped or he couldn't get that chair shot or he tried to do a move and he just looked weak. The crowd felt quiet or he would, something. He, he, there's a lot of danger going out yeah, there. It's, it's like, true. hey, I know that you, you're the ultimate badass, but can you take your neck brace off and go do this spot here? And that's mm. a tough position to be in. And I think he really pulled it off. It was an awesome moment. And he managed as well. He didn't steal the spotlight was able to transfer that heat right back onto the rock mm. uh, afterwards and give me the old toast. Nice, nice little nod there. Overall, though, fucking love this show. Hell great, of a show. Great, thank mm, you. That was Backlash 2000, and we're rolling on with more absolute gold as our next pay per view is going to be Judgment Day, oh. which has the amazing Iron Man match between The Rock and Triple H for the WWF Championship. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Adatera Podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe, leave a rating or a review, give us a like, tell a friend. Lots of people have been getting in touch with folks on Twitter telling us to check us out. We appreciate that amazingly. Had a look at some of the iTunes reviews as well. 
Thank you so much. Such so kind serious words. Serious kind words there. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. We appreciate you taking the time out. It helps us out a, a great deal. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at AE Podcast. We're having all sorts of fun live tweeting wrestling events, such as SummerSlam, etc. And also, give us a like, facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Spoofs and goofs, stuff from the episodes, pictures, artwork, stuff from fans such as yourselves, and the old caption contest. We might have another... Uh, vote for an episode thing as well we had, uh, we had a bit of fun Ooh, Ooh, in that indeed. go on over to youtube.com slash podcast and you can find that we've got some little videos of some of our favourite clips of the podcast you can see things like Undertaker slitting his wrists yay. yay yay cheery stuff like that and you can also go to our Vine account which is linked to our Twitter that Kevin mentioned at podcast. that's the only example of a video you gave <laughs> <laughs> literally drew a blank there uh, there was the one that got taken down uh, there was the one that got taken down immediately after being uploaded you'll never see our video Joe <laughs> it's just us in WWE who can enjoy that one, folks. Sorry. Stuff. Things. It's been a while. Botchamania.com. Thought I'd try and condense it down as much as I could possibly can. Because there's no consistency to my plug. So, stuff. Things. Botchamania.com. I think Matthew's going to start paying you to do the intros for his videos. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. That will work. Also, as well, make sure you check out callingspots.com. New issues up there. You can now subscribe. Check out callingspots.com. You get all the previous issues. We've been involved in them from a very early time. Crosswords, articles, artwork. If you like this show, you will no doubt enjoy Calling Spots. And for the right price of £2 and all the other wrestling magazines going out of business, <laughs> by default, I think we're part of one of the second. We're part of the second largest UK wrestling publication. Yeah. Yes! Default! Default! <laughs> also, as well, be sure to head over to selfie.com forward slash AE podcast if you want to give us back a few pounds and help us out, and literally just a few pounds. Our audio commentaries are available to download now. Hear us talk over classic wrestling movies such as Beyond the Mask and Wrestling with, with Shadows. Shadows. Yeah, and also as well, if you want to help us out immeasurably, we do have our t-shirt for sale, squaredcircle.biz, £16, or $20 if you're in America. That includes shipping. High quality AE podcast, Glad Gay Community Member t-shirt. Fucking awesome. People are tweeting us and sending us pictures of these on Facebook. Awesome stuff. Keep it up. Check out the shirt. And thank you for letting us even have a shirt. Thank you. Yeah. As seen for a split second on WWE SummerSlam. Goddamn yeah. right. Fuck me, guys. Blew my fucking mind. Seriously, man, you guys are the best. Man who appeared on camera wearing our t-shirt behind the Totino's man. You're better than Totino's man. Undoubtedly. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Attitude Era podcast. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll see you next time at Judgment Day 2000. The the end is here. Yeah. End in here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till we get to judgment day. You'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs>